you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast live every weeknight, Monday through Friday, that is, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. That's our flagship network. Hey, tune in in the morning and just run right through, right through to the end of the night and start it over the next day. That's the Global Star Radio Network. We're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. You can watch us live and by archive right here on our official YouTube channel. Folks, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Okay, just go to HagmanandHagman.com. That's our, that's our station. That's our, uh, our Internet presence, HagmanandHagman.com. And from there, you can choose your radio or uh, you can choose how to listen, how to watch, and select your, your program. Don't forget, folks, we have two different websites, HagmanandHagman.com. That's for the show. And also HagmanReport.com for news, analysis, information, show prep stuff. Now, I, I did, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I did write an article this morning, and uh, Helter Skelter during a summer swelter. That, that's available both on Hagman and Hagman.com as well as CanonFreePress.com. Uh, you can comment on CanonFreePress.com on that article. That's about what happened in Dallas yesterday. Um, again, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm. Something I like to call, well, the Hagman and Hagman Report. America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. Joe was going to be here tonight. He's still recovering, of course, from his surgery, which went which went well. He's just a little bit uncomfortable, so I just said, "Hey, just go ahead and, and hang back rather than uh, have to uh, to travel to the studio." So that's what he did. But we've got a great show planned for you right tonight. Uh, we are so honored. I am so excited to have in the studio Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. One of seriously one of one of very few people I really look up to and really respect. Integrity, character, that matters. And uh, Coach Dave Dobmeyer, Coach Dave Dobmeyer from CoachDaveLive.com. That's CoachDaveLive.com. 
Coach, welcome to the studios. Oh, man, Doug, I've been excited for about a week ever since, <clears throat> excuse me, that we scheduled it, that we we're going to be on here tonight. And, you know, a lot of times uh, you got to put a face with a voice, you know, and so I've been on several times and people get an image of what I am. And here, here we are live and in color, and it's it's great to be here with you. Honored, honored to be in studio. Sorry, Joe isn't here. And, Joe, if you're listening, heal oh, he up. Is. It's a good thing you're not here anyway, Joe, because I'd have you bouncing around in your seat, and you probably <laughs> wouldn't be able wouldn't be able to take that. So uh, you just sit back there and relax, and, and uh, we'll try to we'll try to give you some truth tonight. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you hear that, Joe? Yeah. Saddle for battle, indeed. Yeah. Uh, folks, bookmark Coach Dave Live. Coach Dave Live has a, uh, Monday, or has a morning meetup, uh, live huddle between 7 and 8 in the morning every morning. That's via CoachDaveLive.com. Just go to CoachDaveLive.com. Uh, not for sissies, by the way, Doug. Real, yeah, it's not yeah. for sissies. Which, which is why I haven't yet partaken. <laughs> no, uh, seriously, what happened was this. I looked at it and it says maximum 10 participants, which, uh, I didn't want to screw anything up. You know how I am with buttons, right? I figured, yeah, I go in there, I'll screw something up. No, just jump right in. The water's fine, right? It is. The water is fine. And I say that sort, sort of tongue-in-cheek, but I really think that one of the problems that we have in America, if we if we are ever, when nobody ever really knows what the Lord's doing, Doug. We really yeah. don't know. Yep. Uh, we know, as people say, what they know how the whole thing ends, or we think we know, right? Yep. But the reality of it is, brother, we are right. We're in the, we're someplace in this football game, aren't we? I mean, we don't. We think <laughs> yeah. we know what quarter it is, but we don't really know what quarter it is. And I always told our football guys, you play till the game's over. We're not quitting here early here, no matter what the score is. That's right. And so, because of that, I, I, I feel an urgency, an even greater urgency now than probably that I felt in any any time in my life. I'm 63 years old. I, uh, pastor Bill Dunphy, uh, my, my pastor, uh, made the comment the other day that he thinks I'm more intense than he's ever seen me. Uh, I don't want it to be about me, but there's an urgency. To, oh, yeah. There's an urgency when we look at what's going on around us and this mamby pamby patty cake Christianity that we've been playing, brother, it just ain't going to work. So that's why I'm saying that the, the morning huddle is a, there's some testosterone there and it's a manly thing. We do have women that tune, tune in. We love women. I married one, got a couple daughters and some grandkids, uh, granddaughters, but, uh, we believe that the future of America is in the hands of the white Christian heterosexual male. That's what I think, Doug. Yeah. And that's that's a group particularly I'm trying to wake up. And, and you wrote an article to that effect this week. Um, it's, it's entitled The Wasp. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not certain. No. In fact, we had... The Return uh, of the Wasps, right. I think is what it was. I don't even remember right. what the name of it was either yeah. at this point. And you can go to HagmanReport.com to, to take a look at that. And that, that links to uh, Coach Dave Live and uh, to his article. But uh, it, that that really got me thinking in terms of I mean, how you frame that and, and the, the importance of... Uh, well, even Josh Tolley last night and the night before talking about the tribal aspect of things. But even more so, the uh, the spiritual unity and, and the uh, and as you said too, as Christians, you know, no mamby pamby stuff. We well, well, Doug, like with it, with it, it was uh, we don't even. I I've been saying this word wasp mm-hmm. to younger generation. Mm-hmm. They don't have any idea what I'm talking about, Doug. <laughs> uh, we grew up knowing about the wasp being the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, yeah. right? right? Right. That's not even part of our vernacular anymore. 
And it's time that we, listen, this is, folks, listen, this is not a race thing. This is not a race thing. This is a cultural thing, right? That's right. And they've, they've lied to us, Doug, and they've told us that multiculturalism is our greatest strength, when in fact it's our greatest weakness, and maybe we can get in there. America's never been multicultural. America's been multi-ethnic. There's a difference in those two things. Mm-hmm. You can go to Columbus, Ohio right now. They still have German village. They still have Italian village. But the difference between what we see happening in America today and what happened in my father's generation was they brought their ethnicity, but they adopted the American culture. And the American culture was the Judeo-Christian ethic. That was the culture. And so what's happened to the wasps, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, the Italians and the Germans and the uh, Slavics and all of, all of those yep. who evangelized the world, we took the gospel to the world. If you're a black man today and you have Jesus as your Savior, thank, thank a wasp. Some wasp brought that to you. If you're a Chinese and you know have the gospel of Jesus, some wasp brought that to you. That's right. So this is not a race thing. Everything's so focused on race. Doug, this is a culture thing. Culture. Yep. And Michael Savage used the term borders, language, and culture. If you don't have a nation, if a nation doesn't have borders and a common language and a common culture, it isn't a, it isn't a country. That's right. And so that's what's happened to us. And so when I say that we need the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, I say heterosexual male to arise, it's not a race thing. It's a cultural thing. It's our, it's our only chance. Multiculturalism, folks, is cultural aids. It's spiritual aids. When I was coaching football, they tell us diversity is our greatest strength. Well, it is. You get in the huddle, and you need some big, fat guys to be on the line. You need some skinny guys to catch the passes. And you need an athletic guy, a quarterback. But not everybody has the same skill set here, brother. Not everybody has the same thing. No. And if, when we get in the huddle, the, the magic of the huddle is coach calls a play. Quarterback repeats it, and everybody walks out of that huddle, and they're running the same play. And they all know the same terminology, the same numbering system. They know, all understand exactly what's going on. Right. It's not a multicultural huddle. You understand? Uh-huh. It might be multi-ethnic. It might be multi-physical, but it ain't multicultural. And when we get in there, we had our own culture that we ran. And so what I'm saying trying to help people to understand is if we don't bring back this wasp, this white Anglo-Saxon Protestant culture, Doug, we are the only thing standing between the collapse of Western civilization is the wasp, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. If they destroy Christianity, they will, in fact, conquer the world. But that ain't going to happen. No, Lord's no, not, I, Lord's not going to let that happen. But but, but they're certainly trying, and, and yeah. I and I see that, uh, and it amazes me, even even at this late hour, the. the uh, uh, the self-flagellation that, that, that we see amongst Christians who say, well, you know, we have to be more tolerant. And uh, you are one for uh, many um, uh, adages such as, uh, and, and you might have to help me out on this, with the exact uh, <clears throat> verbiage, uh, uh, truth and hate speech. Uh, yeah, truth sounds like hate, hate right? to those who hate the truth. Truth right? sounds like hate. To that's those who right. hate the truth. That's right. And, and which, by the way, folks. Look, look, <laughs> good, look, good segue here. Yeah, look what he brought me. And uh, let's see here. I want to make sure I do this right. This is fantastic. I love this. Uh, it's our new shirt. Yeah. yeah. And and there it is right there. The truth sounds like hate. Coach Dave Live. 
But and, uh, Doug, you got to show them the back of it too, because the back of it's really, really good. We're proud of the back of it too. It says Jesus is the judge, and therefore, abortion is murder, homosexuality is sin, Islam is a lie, evolution is a delusion. Um, there you go. Feminism is rebellion, liberalism is a false religion, and conservatism is, is pretend salt. And uh, I, I believe in boldness, and I believe that that happens to be the truth. And so uh brought you your own shirt. You and Joe have one that you can wear. I'm going to tell you. It sounds like hate. This really, I looked at this and I thought, man, I wish I would have said that. And, and there it is right there. Uh, where, where can folks get these? They just go to CoachDaveLive.com and... Uh, they make a make a donation online there, and, and we'll we'll send them one right out. All right. Well, there it is. We're bold, hey brother. I'm, I believe in boldness, right? Well, yeah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey folks, listen. We got to stop being ashamed of it. We got to stop being ashamed of it. We got to stop being ashamed of our heritage. In fact, the truth is, right now, people are a little bit uncomfortable because I'd even mention white. Sadly, sure. sure. Sadly, right? You see, they're stuck on race. They've been programmed to think race. I'm not talking race. I'm talking culture. That's right. I'm talking culture. There are only two races: those racing for heaven. And those racing for hell. And if those of us who are racing for heaven don't get our act together, going to be a whole lot of people racing to hell. Amen. Amen. It, it, it's so important. I mean, we are, we are in the fight of our lives, literally in the fight of our lives as we, as we sit here today. And, uh, you, well, speaking of fights, Coach Dave is really one of the few people, one of the only people I know who is actively, uh, uh, reducing his shoe leather. I mean, you, you talk about uh, a guy that's on the move. Uh, Coach Dave is on his way to Buffalo, New York. And if we can just kind of hit that subject, because tomorrow, Saturday, which is the 9th of July, and, and this is kind of a clarion call right now to anyone listening out there. And, and here it is, Friday night. Now, now, folks, guys, I'm talking to you, and I know a lot of people in western New York, or at least a lot of people in western New York know me from uh, uh, through WBEN and Tom Barley. Let me ask you a question. What are you doing tomorrow? That, well, you know what? Don't answer that question. Uh, Coach Dave has an assignment for you. Let's be part of the Coach Dave team tomorrow. And, uh, Coach, what are you doing tomorrow? In well, I got, a, I got a call from... Uh... From a brother that actually we met down in uh, at uh, Dallas, down at the Hear the Watchman conference, and uh, he called me, and he wants to get actively involved, more active. How about that, huh? He wants to get more active with his faith. Yeah. And he said, Coach, I'm, you know, I want to, I want to go to Target. You know, we started that whole Target thing. I want to go to, want to go to Planned Parenthood. I said, Hey, man, great. I'll come up. Let's set a date. We'll come up. Well, tomorrow's the date. We're going to go to Planned Parenthood in the morning. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this or not. They sell more body parts than AutoZone. Planned Parenthood does. They get away with it. And we think somebody ought to go say something about it. And we're going to share the gospel and spread the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and rebuke them for killing little babies. We're going to do that in the morning. Then we're going to go to Target in the afternoon. we got guys that are coming from different areas of the, the country that are coming across. And uh, we believe that uh, when, when we show up, God shows off. So, <laughs> so Doug, I was passing through Erie, Pennsylvania. I said, man, i gotta, I got to stop by and see when, when you show up, God shows off. I like yep, that. Yep. And to, to those, because we've had so many people over the last couple of weeks, especially, and I don't know what, what's happened, but so many people saying, well, what can I possibly do? And it almost sounds like I'm making this up or sounds trite because um, just the timing of it is is interesting. What can I do to make a difference? Well, here is something where we can all make a difference if you're in the area, if you're within a a couple hour drive or even a day's drive of Buffalo, New York. You want to make a difference? Meet up with Coach Dave. In, in fact, here's how you do it. And, and folks, 
again, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you. If you've got time tomorrow, or even if you don't make some time, email coach at coach. Just to make sure I got this right. Yeah, coach at coachdavelive.com. Send them an email now. Yeah, say, hey, we'd like to come. Yeah. We'll welcome yeah. you with open arms. There you go. We won't get yeah. you arrested. We'll be nice to you. you you'll, you, hey, listen, am I allowed to say this, Doug? You can say anything you want, brother. Men, you will leave with a little bit more hair on your chest. That's my promise. You'll, yeah. you'll feel more, <laughs> you'll feel, yeah. now I don't say that to the women. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. But uh, we believe that men who actively live out their faith, something deep inside of them happens. And we believe that Christian testosterone is a good thing. And we want to help men learn how to stand up and be Christian men. Well, the, the, the passiveness among today's Christians, I think, is killing us. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing it. We are enjoying our, our, um, uh, our hot, be, be, I mean, we're hostages right now, or at least the, that's the way it seems. And, and we're enjoying that position of being uh, subjected to this, uh, the, the self-imposed in many cases tyranny so you are tomorrow and uh you have been and will continue to uh do what you can in order to uh change things so folks again tomorrow in fact here it is the uh and normally we don't give dates but this this is going to be an exception tonight it, as you're listening to this it is the 8th of july all right it's friday night so tomorrow Saturday, the majority of the guys, you know, you, you don't work tomorrow. Uh, and women, same thing. So uh, meet up with Coach Dave tomorrow. I bet if I offered to pay around the golf with some pay there around the golf, some of these guys would make it there, wouldn't they, Doug? So it's priorities. Yeah, yeah and, it and it's, But it's also more than that. A lot of guys have never done it, and they're a little bit scared. They don't, you know, they don't know how to do it. So we're going to take him to the field, brother. We're going to take him out, show him how to how to play this thing called Christianity, and give again give that. Uh, we say we take that we take that lion of the tribe of Judah. We take him to the streets and we just we just watch him roar. That's a, this isn't hard, brother. This is easy, but it's it's well, simple, but it's not easy. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and I use that same term as I was, was walking away earlier. Um, to do something, and I said, "Yeah, that, that's that's uh, easy." No, no, it's simple, not easy. But, 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 folks, yeah, uh, let, let's get behind the coach, the America's coach, especially well tomorrow, especially, and then uh, in the days ahead. Um, but, but, Coach Dave Dobmeyer has got a great schedule. In the middle of this month, you're going to be in in Wichita for the anniversary of the summer of, of uh, Operation Save America. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 25 years ago, folks. I don't know if you know this or not. I wasn't part of it. Uh, what they called the Summer of Mercy. Summer of Mercy. Yeah. Yep. In 1991, abortion almost ended in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, in fact, it culminated in a, a stadium. Forty-four thousand people were there. Pat Robertson was there. A lot of, a lot of well-known names were there. And people at that point, uh, pastors. There, there was a day when I think 56 pastors were arrested on the same day. Christians by the hundreds were going were going to jail, blocking abortion clinics, and it almost ended. It's 25 years ago. You know, I, I, I didn't. When you said that, I, it kind of went over my head. How did it almost end? I mean, in the sense that um, there was a rebellion, or there was some sort of legality or, or challenge to. Well, the, the church blinked. All right, it blinked. And one of the things that happened, I, you know, you could probably get somebody who could tell the story better than me, but, uh, men were laying their lives down and laying down and, uh, being, being arrest, mass arrests going on. By the way, let me, let me make, help people understand this. George Tiller, uh, ran the abortion clinic in yep. Wichita, Kansas. And George Tiller, folks, are you listening? Are you ready for this one? By his own admission, his own admission. By the way, he was killed. Uh, he was, yep. Scott, Scott Roeder killed, uh, yep. um, 
George Teller in his church. George Teller was an elder at his church. Believe that one or not. But uh, by his own admission, George Teller killed 65,000 babies. That's a a football stadium full. Football stadium full. How can you justify that? I I mean, well, it's... You know, you sadly, they're still filling the stadiums. It's not just one guy that's yeah. doing it, right? Yeah. And so this this uh, this clinic in Wichita is what we consider to be a high place. I mean, it's it's the mecca, it's the White House, it's the Washington's monument of abortion. And so we're going to go there and we're going to try to push that thing over over one more time. People from all across America are coming. If you guys, if you if you're interested in coming, man, we would love to have you come. Just go to Operation Save America dot org. OperationSaveAmerica.org. All the information's there. If you can only come for one day. Uh, listen, uh, some stuff that we're going to get in here tonight. I'm looking right now at, at Ezekiel. Ezekiel 30, uh, 35. I'm not going to turn there. I'm just going to quote it to you. Bible tells us very clearly, Doug. We wonder what's going on in America, right? Yep. We see these, these policemen get killed down in, in, uh, Dallas. We see a couple more got shot today, from what I understand. Uh, there's, there's, uh, rage and there's terror and there's bloodshed like we've never, never seen. It yep. says in Ezekiel that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Yep. We have murdered 60 million unborn babies and the blood of those babies cries out from the ground for mercy, for vengeance, it's, uh, said right now. But Doug, what people don't understand and what I try to help them to see is I believe that blood is currency in the spiritual realm. Think wow. about that a minute. Jesus said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And you think back to when, uh, before uh, Jesus came and made the perfect sacrifice, they constantly had to be sacrificing bulls and goats and everything, right? To, that was a currency. And we have not yet come to the realization that every, I believe, this is me and Rusty Thomas and a few other guys who think like this, we believe that the abortion industry is fueling, is financing all of this evil that's going on in the spiritual realm. And until we cut off the spigot, abortion, until we cut that spigot off, brother, it's like uh, trying to, you know, it's trying to keep your house dry. While the sprinkler is still running, it just doesn't work. You got to turn the sprinkler off, right? That's right. And so that's why we think abortion is such a critical issue. And I think, folks, uh, I don't want to bore you with abortion, but if you're bored by abortion, I'm sorry. It, it, it is the issue of our day. Yep. It is the issue of our day. Good. Black Lives Matter, all this stuff. Well, you know, I, I saw in the streets in in Dallas, Texas, they had hundreds and hundreds of people out there for those uh, for those two guys. That got killed, not the cops. The, the, the two young men that got killed. Nobody, nobody thinks that's a good thing, but it happened. But you can't get anybody. You can't get a pastor. You can't get a pastor out to try to stop the killing of unborn babies. It's going on right there in Dallas. You can't get anybody to stand up and push back against stuff that I think really, really matters. And so again, the idea that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Blood is running us down, Doug. It's running after us, and it's only going to get worse. And we were having a conversation before we went on the air. This. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Why? Jesus said that your hands shed are filled with blood, innocent blood. I can't. He, he won't even hear our prayers because our hands are filled with innocent blood. And until we come to the realization that that abortion is the thing that is flooding, that is filling, that is paying in the heavenly realm for all this stuff that's going on, brother. That's we got. We got to turn that spigot off. Well. Wow. 
And you might be thinking, well, hey, I haven't killed anyone. I haven't caused anyone to have an abortion, or I haven't had an abortion myself, if you're a female. Well, what have you done to stop the wholesale slaughter of of innocence of the unborn? And the answer, perhaps, or most likely, is nothing. So now you have an opportunity as well. So, uh, folks, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really pushing for this email coach coach at coachdavelive.com and join him tomorrow if you're in the Buffalo area or if you're in the continental United States you can get the Buffalo <laughs> we, we got guys we got guys driving from Atlanta Georgia to be That's here amazing. tomorrow a guy from uh, Augusta Maine I mean yeah. it's it's amazing we uh we have got guys through this our show in the morning we've really this this testosterone is beginning yep. to hit men and they they want to live out their faith Doug. see folks here's here's what we have got to understand uh if we don't do anything, well, we know what's going to happen, buddy. And then I, I run into people who say, well, coach, don't, don't get so fired up because I read the last chapter and we win. I said, well, that's, that's a great story, but, uh, I read it too and he wins. Yes. Oh, I, I don't win. I, I get to be on the team maybe. And there's a big difference. Yep. <laughs> that's right. Huh? Yeah. But also he told us to occupy until he returns. Mm-hmm. He said that he who knows to do good, not to do it to him, it is sin, yep. right? Yep. And by the way, those, all of those people out there who are, who love to tell us that uh, they're going to pray about it or pray to end abortion. Aren't you glad Jesus still isn't in the garden just praying? What if he was just there? Wow. What if he was just praying? Aren't we glad that Jesus prayed and when he got through praying, by the way, he prayed so hard blood came out of his pores, didn't it, Doug? Yeah. I never prayed that hard yet. Never have. No. He no, prayed so I, hard, blood came out of his pores, and then he went up. He got up and he went. And it wasn't his prayer that set us free. It was his going to the cross that set us free. The prayer propelled the action. And so we, we have got to come to the realization, folks, that for guys, I saw a bumper sticker the other day. I don't want to get bogged down on abortion, but I think it's important. Driving down the road with my wife the other day, and I saw a car with a bumper sticker on it. It said, "Abortion stops a beating heart." And I thought, I elbowed my wife. She doesn't, you know, I don't know how she puts up with me. I said, "That's a statement. That's a statement. Abortion stops a beating heart. Now what?" Right. That's the next question, isn't it? That, now what? Okay. Abortion stops a beating heart. Now what? Now what? And we've got to come to the realization that nothing is going to change unless we're willing to get out and try to do something about it. So I try to stop abortion. Now, when we go to the clinics, as we're going to do tomorrow, we don't go to end abortion, although we sure wish we could. We go to lift up Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'm going to draw all men unto myself. So we go and we try to reach out to these women who are going to make this most horrible decision of their lives. It is the gates of hell. Those girls aren't going in there to get their teeth cleaned. They're not going in there to have their a manicure. When they go in there and when they come out, there's one dead and there's one wounded. And that woman will never get over that. And we have a moral obligation. I believe the body of Christ has an obligation to be at those gates of hell, but we can't get hardly anybody that, that wants to go do it. Can I tell you a real quick abortion story? Yeah, then? please. Please. I, I, I've, I've been doing it a while, and... and I don't even know how I got into it, other than somebody... I, I could beat some guys on the head and blame them for having got me involved in it. Flip Benham being one of them, by the way. What a man. What a, what a great guy he is. Uh, I was at an abortion clinic in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, those of you who've never been there, 
you have very little time to. You can't intercede hard at all, Doug. They pull, they come in, they park, and they walk. How far does? How long does it take you to walk from your car to? To a doctor's office. I mean, that's it, man. And there, there's somebody that walks them, too, right? Death, well, we call them a death escort, yes. Okay. But how long is that? Is it 10 seconds? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, right? I mean, short. So we're out there, and I'm holding a sign. We're doing our thing. Listen to this, folks. This, this changed me. It'll change you. It would change you if you had this opportunity. This this beautiful black couple gets it. Not that the color matters, but they were black. And they got out of the car. It does matter because uh, 40%, at least 40% of all abortions done in America are on black babies. Black babies. Wait, black wait. lives matter, brother. And so this black, beautiful black couple's walking in, and I, I do what I always do. I appeal to him, sir, sir, don't kill your baby. Don't kill your baby. Look at your baby. She's going to be so beautiful. She'll be on your refrigerator in nine months. I go around the corner. I go back to doing what I'm doing. Another one down, right? I mean, what are you going to say? Because by the time, usually when they get there, Doug, they've already made the decision. Right. And it was about uh, 10 minutes later, the front door of that abortion clinic opened, and this guy steps out on the porch. And he looks over at me, and I said, Did you save your baby? Put his arms up in the air. He came running down off those steps. You know what he said, Doug? Thanks for being here. The kid's probably eight or nine years old right now. Nobody knows who it is. But, brother, you only have to have something like that happen to you once. And uh, So you made a difference. You yep. saved a life that day. Amen. Not only a life, a whole lineage. That, that little baby's right. going to have babies, too, right? I mean, it's, oh. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Now, how many people can actually say, how many guys can actually say, yeah, I, I saved a life today? Amen. Would you rather be playing golf on a Saturday than, than saving a life? Not if you ever did it, they wouldn't. Because I play go. a lot of golf, brother. I love chipping them in from out in the fairway and nothing mm-hmm. like it. When that boy walked down that street, <laughs> the steps with his arms in the air, well, you know, uh, feeling like out uh, in the world. And this is a message to, to the Christians who have sent me emails saying, well, what can I do? What, what can I possibly do? It's too late. Well, get off your butts and, and, and let's chip in. There's one thing that we can do. Let's join Dave, uh, Coach Dave Dobmeyer, America's coach, as I like to call him. Look, um, we're not going to win every every battle, but we're going to win the war. But we have to play in order to be part of this war. And if we're not if we're not uh, part of the war, then we're certainly not. Uh... Hey, hey, Doug, listen, we got to stop looking at the scoreboard. There you go. Okay. Can I talk? Let me talk about that scoreboard for, for a second. Yeah. When I was uh, when I was a uh, when I for those of you who don't know, I got was a high school football coach in Ohio, pretty successful. Got sued by the American Civil Liberties Union in 1997 for having prayer with our teams. Went through a two-year battle with the ACLU for our God-given right to be able to pray. At the end of my last, I, I didn't, uh, the ACLU and the whole thing was over two-year battle. They offered us an out-of-court settlement, and they went away. They did everything they could to destroy our lives. And my last year of coaching, we were 10-0, and undefeated, and I walked away and started past Salt Ministries. I'd left. I didn't get fired. I didn't get fired. Right. I fought and I kept my job. And I'd run into people all the time, Doug, and, uh, and they would say, uh, hey, Coach, you miss, you miss coaching? And, you know, first time, a couple times I heard it, didn't really know what to say because I didn't really miss coaching. I was, I was moved on to something else. Lord had changed my heart. I said, uh, uh, I miss the scoreboard. They said, what? I said, yeah, I miss the scoreboard. Because when I was coaching, 
I always knew where I stood. You look up at that clock and two minutes left and they got 15 and you got 13, you're not in very good shape. You know where you stand. When the game's over, you know whether you won or lost. And That's you knew right. there was another game the next week. And win or lose, you had to either suck on your thumb or, or rejoice. But no matter what, you got to get ready for another game next week. I always knew the scoreboard. That's right. And the problem we have in America is people don't not only uh, – isn't it a scoreboard? People who don't, don't even know what it means to score a touchdown. We don't even know what a goal is anymore in Christianity. We don't even know. Our pastors don't even have any idea. I heard Flip Benham on your show last week say that 91%, I think he said 91% of America's pastors think they're doing a good job. Yep. And the world's a stinking mess. How can, how can this be, Doug? It's because they don't even know what the scoreboard is. They wouldn't recognize a touchdown if they saw one. They've misidentified what the real battle is and what it is that they're supposed to do. And so we are now living in a time and an age. I mean, we were just listening to Russ Dizdar before he came on, how that guy opened my eyes up to the spiritual realm and everything that's going on there. And right. when I went out to, to Whitestone, and then I went to Dallas and, and began to hear from some of these other guys, and my 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 Christianity went from this little box to, oh, my goodness, it began yep. to expand how much larger and everything it was, and how much of this game I was missing. I didn't understand how exciting and how thrilling that's and right. the opportunities there were to make plays for the cause of Christ and that my Christianity wasn't just about me wasn't just about me and my family and my kids and my, and my finances it was so much bigger this, this whole battle is so much more vast than we even understand it is and so many of us are sitting in the sidelines watching the clock we're just watching the clock they say oh coach uh, there's, look at the front page it's just what they say is going to happen we're in the end times so you're going to sit down during the two minute drill you're not going to get involved in this last two minutes of the game you're going to sit there on your whatever this is the time, man. All of those great guys in the Faith Hall of Fame and the Hebrews 11, they're up there, they're pulling on the Lord's shoes. Can I go down? Can I go down there now? Can I go down? We are living in the most exciting times in the history of Christianity. And, Doug, we've become scoreboard watchers. Scoreboard watchers. And so... That's, wow. that's my heart. That's oh, my, my ministry, man. to get guys into the game. Come on and play. Come on. Come on. Come on and make a tackle. Come on. Put Let's me, do this. Hey, put me in the game, Coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> oh, man. It's good. Isn't it a good illustration, Doug? Perfect. Exactly. Um, and that's, I guess, really my frustration exists in that realm, in that venue. Um and, and folks, you've heard you've heard the frustration in my voice, and and I've heard from many of you being equally frustrated. How can I help? We got to do this. We, but but folks, Christian being a Christian is not a passive endeavor. It's mm. not a passive sport. It's really not, Coach. It is isn't it? at all, brother. It isn't. You know, we we have we have to. <clears throat> Um, we have to get in the game. We have to just, and you've said it many times. We got to just show up sometimes. Well, it tells us in in Ephesians chapter five that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, hang on a minute, hey Doug. We've take that to mean we don't wrestle. <laughs> it doesn't say we don't wrestle. It says we wrestle not. That's right. A di- that's a difference, isn't it? Yeah. So he does say we do wrestle. Right. We do wrestle. But we don't wrestle flesh and blood. Right. We wrestle principalities and powers and evil spirits in high places. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling right. down of strongholds. So he tells us, first of all, that we do wrestle. 
And he tells us who we're wrestling against, he tells us who we're not wrestling against, and then he tells us what our weapons are. Now, what we've got to come to the understanding is that this thing called Christianity and this wrestling match is going on, it's bigger than we understand it to be. It's not just about you and your family. It's not just about that. It's about a larger perspective that the book of Genesis says that when Adam and Eve fell, that the that God said to the serpent, I'm going to put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And Doug, the greatest competition football game in history was kicked off at that point. It has been an eternal struggle for world dominion ever since that day. And we're told in 1 John 3.8, when Jesus returned, 1 John 3.8, Jesus said, for this purpose, John said, for this purpose was the Son of Man manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, brother. And how does Jesus destroy the works of the devil? I'm a football coach. I was a football coach. I never scored a touchdown. I never blocked a punt. I never threw a pass. I never... I never did anything, Doug. I just got guys who can make the plays. So Jesus says, hey, we've come, man. We've come, and we're going to win this game, but I need some quarterbacks, and I need some linebackers, and I need some defensive backs, and I need some PAT kickers, and I need some guys that will hold for PA, and I just need some cheerleaders. But we have got to begin to get engaged in this game so that the Lord can direct us and move his body of Christ to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. Doug, we're too comfortable with the works of the devil. We're accepting them in, in, in the church. Mm. We're, we're loving the things that the Lord hates. And uh, my heart's desire is to try to, again, help men to live out that call upon their lives. Guys, you're sitting there. There are people who are listening to the sound of our voice right now. And you know something is wrong. There's something is wrong. You go to church. You play patty cake in church. The pastor preaches. You eat, shake hands. You go out to eat afterwards, you turn on Fox News, you turn on whether the world's going to hell, and you're hearing, you're seeing no connection at all between what you're hearing in the church and what you see going on in the world, and you're trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do with this Christianity? What am I supposed to do with it? Well, we're at war. You're supposed to be, you're not supposed to be sitting in the stands. You're supposed to be engaged in the battle, and that's been one of our greatest, greatest problems. As we've turned it, as you said earlier, it's become a spectator sport, right. not a competition. It's interesting to me the, the, the fact that we can realize, and, and many people say that you know they, they understand we're at war, but um, they're unwilling or, for whatever reason, not uh, actively engaged in the fight. And we can't win if we're not well, engaged. Well, let me let me. I made just made. I make these little videos. Um, I just posted one this, this you afternoon. You do a great job, by the way. <clears throat> Thanks, Doug. I, I try to keep them about a minute, minute and a half because people, their attention spans. Yeah, I, I gotta ask you something. I don't want to get you too far off, off track, but, um, you're in a car driving or, I, I gotta figure out how you do that. Would you hold the camera like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll look yeah. for cops first, make sure they're not running, <laughs> not running. Got my cruise control on, you know, and I, I just do whatever, whatever the Lord, okay. whatever the Lord right. says to me, you know. So, so today, I, Doug, I'm, listen, uh, folks, I wish Russ Dizdar was here. Uh, I get around those kind of guys. They encourage me. Steve Quayle. Yeah, I wish sure. Steve was here. Because I began to rub shoulders with those kind of guys. Yep. And all of a sudden, my 
horizons expanded. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? And I began to realize that this battle wasn't just me and my family. This battle was a lot bigger than what we thought it was. Yep. And so, Doug, we, we, we look at what's going on with uh, this whole thing with Hillary. <laughs> and, we, and we sit back and we say, how can that happen? How can that happen? Well, see, we take Christians I'm talking about now. We don't understand the spiritual realm. We don't understand that Hillary probably has some demonic protection that we can't even, that we can't even understand. We watch President Obama and we think, I, I can't believe when I hear people say that. How stupid can he be? He isn't stupid. Exactly. What? We, we are so foolish we think he's stupid. Yeah. He, the, the scripture tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, evil spirits in high places. Right. Would the White House be a high place? Would Congress be a high place? Would the State Department be a high place? That's where the wrestling is taking place, in these high places, see? And because we've become convinced that Christianity is just about little old me and it's a personal Christianity, we can't even see what's going on. We can't understand that what is happening to this nation is we are an occupied nation. Thank you. Evil spirits in high places. If Quail was here, he would amen that. I know that. Yep. Dizdar would amen oh, that yeah. too, right? Yep. You know, you know who won't amen it, Doug? I'll tell you who won't amen it is 95% of the men standing in the pulpits. That's why Christians are so confused about what's going on. Because we have not taken the spotlight and shined it on the enemy and shown people what it is the enemy does because it isn't that hard to figure out. Once your eyes open That's and right. you understand... Hey, Doug, the Bible says that we're not to be... Hmm, we're not to be ignorant of his devices. Does that mean he has devices? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That the, That this evil guy really is real? That he really is a liar and the father of lies? Yep. And that he has children? Because wasn't it, wasn't it Jesus who said you have your father, the devil? Oh yeah. And the works of your father you will do. Folks, do we think the Bible, I heard Bill O'Reilly say the other night, it's allegorical. Okay, yes. Huh? Yep. Yep. Well, if the Bible's allegorical, then what, what, what is it all about, right? No, no, this, this this thing is real. This, there, there is a real, real spiritual realm and a spiritual war that's taken place around us. We are his team. We are his ambassadors against these forces of darkness. That's right. But uh, unfortunately, we're not being taught that. We're taught personal Christianity. Take care See, of your finances. You had mentioned something. that before the show. And that really struck me when you mentioned that. And um, remind me of the context. You know, we often think, of course, uh, of Jesus being our God, but not. Yeah, not. We, we, we. He's our Lord, but he's not. He's he's our Lord, but he's not Lord of all. There you go. Right. That's right. And, th- and think about that, folks. Um, think about the ramifications of that and, and that limitation, self-imposed limitation. And as Coach Dave uh, Dobmeyer explained. Uh, that limitation of our thoughts, our thinking in that fashion. So, Je- Jesus said, "All power yeah. is given unto me." Yeah. Where, both in heaven and in earth. Yep. Go ye therefore. Now, Doug, if he has all power, how much is left? <laughs> right. So, yeah, he has power over 
your finances, I suppose. If you want to screw up your finances, then it's probably not the devil. It's probably you, and you're blaming the devil. Right. I'm telling you, he's got bigger things to do than worry about your finances, and he's got bigger things to do than worry about uh, Doug getting a cold. Right? Exactly. Got bigger things to do. Yeah. And so we have lost sight of the bigger picture of what's going on. That we're talking about the world. Yep. We're not talking about Erie, Pennsylvania, or Columbus, Ohio. We're talking about Jesus being the King of the Kings and the Lord of the Lords of the whole world. Right? That's right. So therefore, if He's King of the Kings and the Lord of the Lords, and if all power is given in unto Him, unto uh, unto him both in heaven and in earth he said our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Doug is his will being done here in earth yeah and why is it well without faith it's impossible to believe believe him now listen I'm not talking about uh, I don't even want to get into some of that stuff people always throw throw at me no. dominionism and all that stuff I don't even know what some of that stuff means I just know this that everywhere that the devil is in control, he ain't supposed to be. That's what I know. But wait a second, Coach. Don't they say that that uh, the devil was given dominion over his earth, and we're part of that? We know. Uh, yeah. But First John three eight. For this purpose was the Son of Man manifest; he would destroy the works of the devil. Now, Doug, mm-hmm. Jesus, when he hangs on the cross. Yep. What What does Jesus? What does he say when he's hanging on the cross? It is finished. What is? He destroyed the works of the devil. He destroyed it. He's got victory over death, hell, and the grave. Sin, there's no temptations come upon you, but that which is common to man, God's faithful, won't allow you to be tempted beyond that which you can withstand, but with the temptation, he'll provide you a way out. There's no more. There's no excuses. He is total victor. He is the victor. Now, question we have to ask ourselves is why are we seeing it being manifest people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge and we don't we've become the devil the best thing the devil's done Doug is he's convinced us he's about that big and uh, we don't even think he's real we think Obama's dumb we don't think Obama's demon possessed or demon influenced or demon controlled true so that's the one of the great misteachings I think in the American church today is the power that we are supposed to have that we're not that we're not exercising. Pray wow. to end the pray to end abortion. People want to go to the abortion clinic tomorrow, they're gonna to pray to end abortion. Well abortion Doug, I've been doing this a while. Abortion would end in a week if the church simply turned out. If every church in Buffalo, New York if they made the determination tomorrow that abortion was going to end in Buffalo, New York, it'd be over in a week. I'm just telling you, they would go to the church, they would go to the abortion clinic, they would be outside the abortion clinic, they would hold church at the abortion clinic, they would sing praise and worship songs, they would share the gospel with the people going in, and that place would shut down. Now, Doug, why doesn't it? Because people don't go. We don't think God has the ability to end abortion. We want to pray. Somebody, somebody said to me the other day, I, I'm going to pray that the Lord will end abortion. I said, Oh my goodness, before you do that, let me get out of the way. Cause if he ends it, it ain't going to be pretty. It, wow. it, it ain't going to be good if he ends it. But if we end it, it's going to be looking a whole lot differently 
than if he's the one that has to come down because he's going to come down with righteous anger. He's going to come down with wrath. He is the Lord's tick, Doug. Whoa. He's ticked. Think about that. You know, what a difference. Yeah, if he is going to end it, it ain't going to get it ain't going to be good. Yeah. Huh? yeah. The Bible says in uh, the, the uh, Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. You got a law enforcement background, Doug. Trouble breaks out. Who do people call? They call the peacemakers. The authorities who show up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my mom, I grew up in a home, there were five of us. We fought like cats and dogs. And mom spent all of her time trying to be the peacekeeper. She tried to keep us from killing each other. But when she got tired of chasing us all around, pulling us out of fights, you know what she said? <laughs> you wait till your dad gets home. There you go. You know why? I've heard that before. He was the peacemaker. Yeah. Right? He was the peacemaker. We're supposed to be peacemakers. We're supposed to help bring the authority of God. We carry the authority of God. Abortion will end in America when the church decides that it's time to end. Not, not until. And, and that's, that's one of the issues that we've been talking about, especially the last couple of weeks. Change. Everyone's looking for this, well, hey, you know what? Everything's going to be fine. We get the right person in the White House yeah. in November. It's all going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, no, no, we need to change from the bottom up, not from the top down. Change doesn't happen from the, the uh, top down. Never does. Nope. My buddy, uh, uh, JR, I don't know if JR is listening tonight. He's on, he's on our queue in the morning and <clears throat> he's got a new shirt he made. He wore it this morning on our show. It says, make the church great again. Not make America great again. Oh. Let's make the church great again. And if the church is great again, we, we won't be in nearly the mess that we're in. So what's happened to us now is, see, we're turning to, again, some scripture says some men trust in horses, some men trust in chariots. We will trust in the name of the Lord. Right. I'm not here to ar- honor, argue politics or not, but we're turning to men to try to cure. As Steve Quayle says, there is no political answer to a spiritual problem. That's true. Right? Yeah. And so here we're, we're counting on Trump to do it. We're, I mean, I, I mean, come on, man. It's not, it's not Trump. Trump said the most profound thing, though, Doug. He said he's going to try to free up the church. That was sure. good. That was good news to me. Well, yeah. He's going to take the shackles. In, in Ohio, folks, are you, can, are you ready for this one? You want to know why the church is so ineffective? <laughs> in Ohio, we got we're trying to pass a pastor protection act. Now, get a picture of this, will you, please? We've got church leaders going to elected officials, asking the elected officials to keep the devil away from them. Keep the devil away from us. Protect the pastors. When, in fact, it's totally upside down. See, the pastors should be the ones who are giving the orders to the elected (laughs) officials, right? The pastors are the ones who said, already have authority over the devil. The pastors are the ones who should have said no to gay marriage. The pastors are the church is. And then I said, well, Pastor Protection Act, what about is there any protection act for the bakers or the florists? Or is this only protect pastors? Well, follow the money, right, Doug? Follow the follow money. money. Yeah, That's protect right. that protect that church. That's what yeah. they're worried about. Don't come and don't come and seize their property. So I made some of them mad. I said, uh, let's throw a few pastors in jail. I think that'd be a good thing. Wow. <laughs> then they would know it's real, wouldn't they, buddy? Uh, then they would yeah, know it's real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um Wow. Yeah, yeah, chewing that for a little bit folks 
You're, you're hitting, or you're, you're hearing some hard hitting information. Our guest tonight in studio, and so proud, so proud to have him in studio, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, his website, CoachDaveLive.com. Now we've previously said PT Salt, uh, but it all goes the same, it all place. goes the same place, CoachDaveLive.com. And we're really serious. Tomorrow, guys, what are you doing? Get the Buffalo, New York. Joan, Joy, yeah, Joan. Join Coach Dave. Send him an email tonight. Let him know you will be there. Get instructions of where to meet and such. Send him an email at coach at coachdavelive.com. Get out there and join the fight. Get in the battle because you are part of it. Like it or not, you're either going to, well, as I like to say, lead, follow, or get the heck out of the way, right? Hey, Doug, if I, I don't, Folks, I don't want you to ever think I'm patting myself on the back, so I don't want it to come across like this, okay? No, we get it. Okay. Uh, in the last, uh, just so people understand, in the last five, six weeks, here's, here's what our what our schedules look like. We, we started down in Alabama with Judge Roy Moore. You know, they're trying to throw him out. We went down there, and we, we raised a little stink down there supporting Judge Roy Moore. Came yeah. home to our own homosexual parade in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, one of the most, it, it was, it was massive, it was unbelievable. And I had guys come from all across America who came and we witnessed and we rebuked and we did, did all that stuff. We did that. And, and then, uh, now I'm in Buffalo, New York this weekend. Next weekend, we're going to go to Wichita, Kansas for the Summer of Mercy. We're right. going to come back the first week of August and we're going to be down in Montgomery, Alabama again with Judge Roy Moore because they're trying to fire yeah. him. He's, see, he's, he's been through this before and he's counting on the church. He's counting on the body of Christ to come to his defense. And so we're going to go down there and make sure that this happens. And so what I'm saying to people out there who happen to be listening, could you come and help? Could you come and help? I, I, I say to men all the time, they see, men don't really know what to do. We haven't been trained what to do. I say, can you do this? <laughs> well, we can use you. Will yeah. you just come and stand and fold your arms and stand behind us? Show Will you up. just come and stand and fold your arms yeah. and stand in support of Judge Roy Moore? Would you just come in and do that? Because if we don't do that, if we don't show up, Doug, we ain't going to win. We ain't going to win. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are hanging on, waiting for that rapture to get you out here, praise the Lord, if it comes, I'm going too. I got, I got three and a half grandkids. What kind of nation am I leaving these three and a half grandchildren? Yeah. That motivates me every day, Doug. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And, and, and I've often said that as well. Because when we look at, uh, our legacy that many of us are hung up, uh, hung up on, you know, w- what is our legacy? What have we done to advance the, uh, the kingdom? And, uh, in, in the larger sense, and I never used to talk like that. And, and still to me, it, it makes me kind of feel uncomfortable. But, but in the larger sense, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean. Yeah, it, it is. And here's the truth. I know we're about out of time here. Here's the truth. Looking at me, folks, ain't none of you living forever. Not here. (laughs) None of us. None of us. Oh, man. None of us. What an engaging first hour with our very special guest in the studio, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, Coach Dave Live. Bookmark that website. And you know what, folks? He's a guy that actually puts his uh, shoe leather where his mouth is. Help him out. Join him and also support him. CoachDaveLive.com. We're going to be back. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 
you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, I want to tell you a portion of this nice broadcast brought to you by Minuteman Stove. Folks, go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Minuteman Stove. You know, look, we know things are bad. We know we have to prepare. We know we have to prep. Um, One of the things that I really failed to take into account is, sure, you've got some freeze-dried or or, uh, long-term stored food. You've got it in your pantry, perhaps, or you've got canned food. How are you going to heat it if, for example, the power is knocked out because of a bad storm and you're without power for a week or two? Well, Minuteman Stove has got the solution. It's an ammo can reinforced. It's a high-end product for a reasonable price. It's Minuteman stove. It's it's a way to heat your um, uh, heat. Well, heat anything. Uh, it's a rocket stove. Go to minutemanstove.com. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Minuteman stove. You, you you can read all about it. But it's got our endorsement, Eric. Uh, well, we've all really put it through its paces. It's a great product. And uh, also HealthMasters.com. You know something? I'm feeling a lot better now. And I I, I choked during the week. I, I said, you know, man, mm-hmm. I, uh, pounding down Sudafed and that, you know, all that stuff. And uh, uh, but but the, but really the fact of the matter is this: I, I've, I've taken uh, a lot of uh, nutri- uh, nutritional supplements from Health Masters. They they've got great products. So visit healthmasters.com. That's healthmasters.com. And remember, I was talking about the Minuteman stove. Well, how about uh, long-term storable food? Of course, American Survival Wholesale, Christian-owned, veteran-owned company, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. So, there you have it. Uh, with us, and I'm so excited, man. Uh, we have now in studio tonight is Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, CoachDaveLive.com. Now, he's a guy that I look up to because he's a man of action. He's a solution guy. Mm. All right, we talk about problems all the time, don't we? Every every radio program you probably listen to talks about problems but but and i've gotten emails to this effect well 
Um, you, you don't provide solutions. Well, well, Coach Dave is a solution man. Uh, Coach, well, let's open open up now. I'm going to turn you loose. A couple of issues: leadership, especially within the church and among uh, well, leadership in general, and also uh, as we go down the uh, go down the line, we could talk about the. Uh, the fact that you know courts, we we got some issues with the courts. They don't make laws, but we think they do. So, wherever you want to start, go ahead. Well, uh, first of all, I want to. This just popped into my head. I spoke to you before the show a year ago today. Ken Hovind got oh, that's show. right. Yeah, yeah. A year ago today. Yeah. And you know he's still going through some hard times, but he's uh, <clears throat> he's he's back in the battle. But uh, uh-huh. it's, it's a great great uh, great thing. And I was just thinking about Ken as Kent as you said that and a year ago today. A year ago today, he got out of jail. I'll tell, I'll tell a real brief story about that, Doug. That whole thing. We were involved with that too, folks. Listen, listen, folks. I'm going to tell you something. If you will learn to make yourself available, you will be amazed what the Lord will do to you. Uh-huh. The Lord will do through you things that you all. Sometimes all He needs is a vehicle to move through. That's all He needs. And I, I'm, I, listen, there is nothing special about me. I'm a high energy guy, you know that, and the Lord's given me the ability to be able to communicate, but other than that, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm just a guy, man, I'm just, that's, that's all I am, right? But I'm, I'm an action guy, and I try to, try to make things happen, and you know, when the whole thing broke, that broke loose with Ken Hovind, it's been about a year and a half ago, I found out about it. I don't know how I found out about it. I knew, I passively knew Kent from, from uh, about ten years earlier, when I did some radio in Columbus, Ohio, and he was on our show, and and uh, so I thought, man, I, they, they're going to try him again. I couldn't believe it. So I dra- grabbed a bunch of guys like we did, and went down to Pensacola, Florida, and we stood outside and held signs, and they were they were putting him on trial. Uh, we won't go into. Yeah, the- I mean, it was something stupid. Wasn't well, it? they caught it. Well, we're finding out now, Doug. It was that structuring thing. Yeah, that, yeah. The, the yeah. IRS was charging him with structuring. That's how they put him in jail. And then, then they were going to keep him in there for twenty years for uh, mail fraud from jail. Think about that a minute. Mail for fraud 20, from jail. Twenty years. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we get down there, and Rudy Davis. A lot of guys did a lot of a lot of great work down there. But I said, listen, man. I think part of the problem we're having here is. Is uh, we're counting on a hometown hometown referee. In other words, uh, Ken Hovind had a public pretender, right? Public defender. Yeah. And I don't I, know if what you guys know about public defenders. <laughs> public defenders are paid for by the public. Uh-huh. They get their paycheck from the same place the judge gets her paycheck from uh-huh. the clerk. They all get it from the same pile. So the public defender, he's probably going to put on a good defense, but he, he ain't sold out for Ken Hovind. So right. I, I said to the group, down, well, Hank, let me back up a second. So we're down there for that first trial, and we're just praying, Lord, give us a hung jury. Just give us one, Lord. Uh, whatever, just give us one. We figured get a hung jury. He's free, right? Yeah. Well, the verdict comes down. It's a hung jury. It's a hung jury. I think, oh, praise the Lord. And then we find out two days later they charge him again. So now we got a, we got about six weeks and they're going to put him, they're going to retry Ken Hovind. And I thought, what are we going to do here? So, folks, I'm giving you a little bit of behind the scene thing of the miracle of God and what God will do if you make yourself available. And so I, um, I said to the group that we were working with and they were, <laughs> Well, it's quite a conglomerate of people who were really trying to do the best they could to get to get Ken Hovind out of jail. Like he, he, was, he was railroaded for sure. Right. Church deserted him, by the way. Many all those many all those churches, many many churches that he went, and over over uh, twenty years, they 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 deserted uh, him. Man. I got your back. I got your yeah, back, yeah. buddy. They didn't yeah, have okay. him. Yeah. So I I said, listen, we got to find we got to find somebody to help him, uh, an attorney. So. We were raising a little bit of money, not much, and we'd raised, I don't know, about 
I won't tell you how much because it wouldn't be fair to the to the to the attorney who we eventually got. Here's how this thing works. I'm on the phone with Sheila Zelensky, our, our mutual friend, and I'm sure. telling Sheila what's going on because she knows I'm down there and we're working at it. And I I said, man, Sheila, I, I can't I can't find an attorney. I, we had a, they had a local attorney said that they wouldn't. This local attorney, good defense attorney in in Pensacola, said he wouldn't do it for less than four hundred thousand dollars. Wow. He said it's a it will ruin your career here in this in this court district. I've had I mean, before. I, 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 I knew thousand. it was. I knew it was expensive, but four hundred. And I got okay. I got a pocket of money, pocket full of money. That's about it. A very small pocket full. Right. And I talk. I tell the story to Sheila. She says, "Well, let me make a call." She makes a call to Stuart Rhodes. You know that name? Yeah. Stu- Those keepers. Stuart Rhodes gets a hold of me. Says, "Hey, call this guy." So I call this guy named Bill Olson. Never heard of Bill Olson in my life. Call Bill Olson. This funny story, Bill. If you're listening, he probably isn't. I, I call Bill Olson out of the blue, right? Right. So I say, hey, uh, uh, Mr. Olson, this is uh, Coach Dave Dobma. You probably don't know who I am. But I'm involved with the Ken Hovind trial. He says, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Honey, guess who I'm on the phone with? <laughs> He's reading one of my commentaries at that moment on, on News with Views. He's oh, reading it. Oh, man. Is that, is that something? That's something uh, only God can do, right? That's right. So I had immediate credibility. I didn't have to grovel and all that right. stuff. And I explained the whole thing to him. And he said, well, listen, how much money do you have? And I told him, and it wasn't much. He says, listen, I'll tell you what. He says, we work, do a lot of work with the U- U.S. Justice Foundation. Let me talk to them, and let's see if maybe we can get we can get on top of this and see what we can do. Herb Titus, I don't know if you know that name. He's one of the great constitutional yep. attorneys in America, is Buddy, partner with with Bill Olson, and so uh, I said, "Cool." And 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 then Bill Olson said this to me. He said, uh, "You know, we win a lot of these things before they even go to trial, Coach." He said, "The feds are so sloppy that they don't cross every t, they don't dot every i." He says, "We sometimes we win before we even have to go to court." Interesting. Interesting. So uh, uh, we get. Bill working on the case and, and U.S. Justice Foundation, they're working on the case and be kind of behind the scenes because they're not officially Kent's lawyers, so they can't talk to Kent. Right. They're just doing research. They're going back and looking at everything that's been filed, all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Well, about, I'm in contact with Kent, with, uh, well, with Kent and also with, with, uh, Bill. Okay. But I can't, I can't tell Kent what I know because I'm just not, at liberty to be, you know what I'm saying yeah, here? I'm the middleman. You're, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, and I'm telling yeah. Kent, trust me here. Trust me here, right? Uh-huh. Well, they ain't trusting me very much. I mean, Kent's <laughs> lies on me, and they're not trusting me a whole lot, to be honest with you. So I'm trying to hold back the wolves. They think maybe I'm stealing money, thinking uh, all, that, all that stuff. And so, uh, four days, four days before the trial, this is May 12th, I think it was a year ago, uh, I get a call from Bill. He says, hey, hey, coach, I'm going to send you a brief. He says, I think we got a pretty good brief that we're going to file on behalf of Kent. I said, oh, man, great. So he sends it to me. I'm no lawyer. I read this thing. Think, wow, this is unbelievable. It's, they prove it's not even a crime. What they're charging him with isn't even a crime. That, to me, I'm a layman, you know. So we send it down there uh, to, to Kent, to the man who was doing all of Kent's uh, outside work for him. And... They take it to the public defender, and the public defender won't file it. He won't file this brief, this knockout punch, I'm thinking. Okay, why not? He won't file it. Well, Kent Hovind was on trial with another guy by the name of Paul Hansen. They're right. both in jail together. Not together, but I'm sorry, folks, not trying to lose you, but this is, it's got a good story, good end coming here, I'm telling you. And uh, uh, so Paul Hansen filed it. Okay. And I got word to Kent that this thing, <laughs> it's out there and your guy won't file it. 
Kent calls him, says, "I want that thing filed." Forced him to file it. All right. They filed it. This is on this is on Thursday. The trial's on Monday. Friday night, we get word that the that the prosecution wants a delay. The answer that's this, always a good thing. It's brief. Yep. Right. Yep. We think, man, we're getting somewhere here, right? Yep. The judge says no. We're going to trial on Monday. She really wanted to hang him, man. She really wanted to hang him. Saturday night, about six o'clock, I get a phone call. The prosecution dropped the case. Isn't that interesting? The prosecution dropped the case because the brief that those guys wrote proved that what he did wasn't even a crime. Now, think about this, Doug. He'd had a hung jury in the previous trial. Yeah. We found out later, 11 to 1. 11 to 1. This is something right out of the movies, right? Sure. One guy hung out, hung, hold on. He said, no, that's not a crime. It's not Twelve a crime. angry men. Yep. And D- Doug, if it hadn't been for that guy, they would have sentenced Ken Hovind to jail for the rest of his life for yep. something that wasn't even a crime. Isn't that unbelievable? It's sadly believable and certainly not surprising, but but sad. So he's out. He's out and he's out and about, and it was a year ago today, and I've always wanted to tell people that I just made myself available, and Sheila Zelensky and Stuart Rhodes, and just throw names out there. The Lord just burnt, he just put the pieces in place, and and see, folks, this is what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, you, you know, see be behind the camera or outside of camera range, and you know, all we have to do is work together. God's show people up. are there, Doug. Yeah, yeah. There you have it. So we have to make we have to be able to make those connections. And you can make a difference. We can make a difference collectively and individually, but we can just show up. So it's it's not to say you know how great we are. No, it's saying that we we just have to we have to plan our work and work yeah. our plan, right? But our problem is, and you kind of alluded to this at, at the beginning of this segment. And I'm, I know I get a lot of amens out there from, from those who are in the audience that are listening. Our, 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 our church, our Christian leadership is just, just horrendous, Doug. It's just horrendous. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was amazed. <clears throat> I said to somebody the other day when, uh, Trump met with those thousand evangelicals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk. I'm, about I'm, that. I'm thinking, I mean, wait a minute here. Uh, aren't these the guys that got us in this mess? It's a good point. The same guys that he's talking aren't they? The, aren't they the ones who sat sat around over the last thirty years and watched all this darkness come upon us? That's a great point. And now they're going to go into a room and they're going to give Trump advice on what he needs to do. What could possibly go wrong? I said they got the wrong guys in the room. They, it's time for some new wine and some and some new wineskins here. Those guys there, they're the ones that are responsible for getting us in the mess that we are in. And the reason that we are in the mess that we are in is because we have capitulated on every one of the most important issues of all. Right. In 1973, when they said that a woman had a right to kill an unborn baby, can you tell me where was what the, what was going on with what was going on with the church? Where where were they? Where were they? In fact, Doug, it's all built upon the lie of the separation between the church and state, which, by the way, friends, is nowhere in any of our documents. Not in the Constitution, not in the Declaration of Independence, not in the, uh, uh, not nowhere, not in the Northwest Ordinance, not in any documents is there such a, such a doctrine as the separation between the church and state. But in 1947, in the Everson versus the Board of Education decision, which was about funds going to private education is really what it was about. Mm-hmm. Justice Hugo Black, 
inserted a personal letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists, written in 1801, where Thomas Jefferson came up with the term separation between the church and state. And if you read Jefferson's letter, Jefferson was saying that there's a separation between the church and the state, and that that, uh, God created the church, and there was a garden, and there was a wall around the garden to protect the church. But it was never a it was never a wall. Jefferson didn't believe it was a wall to keep the church out of the government, for heaven's sakes. It was the purpose of it was to keep the, the government, government out, of the, out of the church. There you right? go. Yep. But in Everson versus the Board of Education, nineteen forty seven, they said there's a separation between the church and state. And what happened? Nineteen sixty one, they took Bible reading out of there. Why? Yep. Separation between the church and state. Starry decisis. We heard all about that stuff, right? Pre court uh previous decided uh court cases, right? That's right. Case law they call that now. Nineteen sixty three. They took prayer out of school. Why? Oh, a separation between the church and the state. 1973, they said a woman could kill her unborn baby. Based on what? Separation between the church and state. 1980, they took the Ten Commandments off of public buildings. Why? Based on the lie of the separation between the church and the state. 2001, they legalized homosexual sodomy. Why? Because there's a separation between the church and state. Although there isn't, right? Case law, that's the way they're building this. And then we see what happens in uh, Burgerfell here in 2015, whatever it was. And Doug, all of the great moral issues of our lifetime were never a vote of the people. Ever. Ever. It was always, it was always those terrorists in black robes. Hmm. And folks, let me tell you something else that most people are not aware of. There are no Protestants on the Supreme Court. Do you, I don't know if you folks are aware of that or not. There are no Protestants on the Supreme Court. The makeup of the Supreme Court is three Jews and six Catholics. Five now that Scalia is gone. No Protestants at all on the U.S. Supreme Court. So there is, uh, there is from from a Christian perspective, as a Bible-believing Christian, I have no representation at all on that U.S. Supreme Court. None. You talk about uh, taxation without representation, right? You talk about uh, diversity on the court. We've got lesbians on there now, right? We got we got we got everything on there, but we don't have any Bible-believing Christians on the U.S. Supreme Court. Point being is this: all of those great moral decisions that have been made in our lifetime, Doug. None of them have been by the vote of the people, nor the legislature. None of them. Every one of them have been a court decision. Here's an extremely critical issue. Folks, if you have a, grab, grab something right now. Sitting at the kitchen table, whatever you're doing, grab a pencil. I want you to write something down. This is a great guest. I've, I want you to get Matt Troella on. Oh, yeah. write, write this yep. down. DefyTyrants.com. DefyTyrants.com. Dot com. And I believe, Doug, that this is the vehicle for us to begin to fight back. And what Defy Tyrants, there's all kinds of great information on there, but what Defy Tyrants does is show us what has happened to us. Courts cannot make law. Friends, hear me. 
A Supreme Court decision is not law. Thank you. Obergefell is not the law of the land. Judge Roy Moore right now is in trouble in Alabama because why? In Alabama, what law is on the books in Alabama? Marriage is between a man and a woman voted by 82% of the people of Alabama. The Obergefell decision, didn't need, that district that that overturned didn't even touch right. Alabama. Judge Roy Moore is upholding the law. And what we have got to come to understand is what has happened to us. The Supreme Court, the demonically controlled Supreme Court, has now taken control of the moral condition of America, and they're telling the rest of us what is and is not legal, so to speak, right? Matt Tuella, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, courts cannot make law, defy tyrants, is about the states rising up and saying no. Now, another quick story. Kim Davis, we all know that name. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Can I tell you another great story? <laughs> Folks, it ain't about me. I just, I just want to encourage you. I th- that's all I'm trying to do is encourage you that we can win. We can win. We don't have to, we don't have to settle for these, these ties and these defeats. We don't have to settle for them. We don't have to settle for them. The scriptures tell us my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So back August, last August, I live in Ohio. Yep. Kentucky's just south of us a while. Kim Davis, we all remember that, right? She oh, was, yeah. she was yep. a clerk that said she wasn't going to marry, wasn't yep. going to marry sodomites down there, right? And so yep. she has to get, she has to go to court between, uh, in front of Judge David Bunning, who by the way, his dad was Jim Bunning, the great pitcher for the Philadelphia, uh, Phillies and right. through the okay. perfect game and became senator. Yep. His son is now the district court down there. So we go down there and it's a big, big hoop-de-doo. The, the sodomites are all there and, and we're all there and you know, it's, it's, Yay. it's, that's right. It's a circus going on, right? Well, then we get word, Doug, that the judge has thrown her in jail. Judge Bunning sentences her to jail. It's Thursday. It's Labor Day weekend. It's Thursday. Yeah. We're down there with our group of about 30 or 40 of us. I don't know how many we were. And we got words of what? Throwing her in jail? No chance. It's like Cool Hand Luke. You remember Cool Hand oh, Luke? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Got to get your mind right here, Luke. Got to get your mind. So they threw Kim Davis in jail till she got her mind right, right? Right. All right. Mm-hmm. And the judge said, we'll see you back here next Thursday. And if you got your mind right, then we'll, we'll let you out here. What's mind right being? Uh, deny your oath, right. bow your knee to the Supreme Court, and we'll all just get along here just fine, right? So what do we do, Doug? We go home and pray? So we all get a prayer meeting going on in the church? Well, I hope prayer meetings were going on in our church, but no, no, no. No, we jumped into action. Faith without works is dead, right? Faith without works is dead. So we we hit the streets. And we got some flyers printed up and we stood on street corners and we handed out flyers saying we got a rally for Kim Davis. This is Thursday night. Got a rally for Kim Davis on Saturday morning at the jail. Please come and stand with Kim Davis. And we handed them out at football games and we, we just, this is a little small town, Grayson, Kentucky, and just a small town. We, Kim's in jail. She's in jail. It's Labor Day weekend. And, uh, lo and behold, 10 o'clock Saturday morning, about a 1,000 people showed up, Doug. Out of those hills of Kentucky, they came at this rally for Kim Davis. We thought, man, we're on to something here. We're on to something. And so we thought, well, what are we going to do? Labor Day weekend, everybody's going to go boating and eating hot dogs, and Kim's going to rot there in jail. Nobody's going to know what's going on. So we came up with this idea, let's go to the judge's house. (laughs) 
Huh? Let's let's hey, let's go up and visit Judge. Sounds Bunny. like a plan. Sounds like a plan. So we did. We jumped in our car and we drove the distance up to outside of Cincinnati where Judge David Bunning lived and right. we took our signs and we took our gospel and we went to Judge Bunning's neighborhood, brother. And we were at Judge Bunning's neighborhood for six hours. And you know what happened when we were there? Slow, slow news. <laughs> what a story. Slow news weekend. weekend. I mean, it's Labor Day. Come on. It's Labor Day. Every satellite truck within a hundred miles is there. Oh, yeah. There's no news. There's that. no news. There's no news. And so what did we do? Every Flip was there. Flip Benham was with us. And so every chance we got, every interview, what did we tell him? Courts don't make law. And we came up with this one. Show us the law or set her free. Very simple, right? Yep. Show us the law or set her free. And we had that mantra over and over and over. And yep. Six hours and we're done. We drive from Cincinnati back, I'm sorry, back down to Grayson, Kentucky. I and, do that all the time. Yeah. I, well, you know, I talk, at the time my hands, I can't talk. <laughs> and, and so we drive down there to, to Grayson, Kentucky, back to our hotel because Mike Huckabee's coming in on Tuesday morning, he's going to hold a Kim Davis yep. rally as well. Yep. Remember I, rem- this whole story? I remember this. And, and folks, listen to this. So we get up, uh, uh, we're, I'm sorry, we're at Judge Bunnings on Labor Day. It's Monday. We're on, is, we went to churches on Sunday trying to get churches yep. involved. That's like pulling teeth. We go to Judge Bunnings on Monday. I get up Tuesday morning. Mike Huckabee's coming to town. I walk down in the Motel 6 or wherever we're staying, some little cheapo hotel, down there eating that free donut or whatever they give you, watching the TV, and, <laughs> hey, Doug, there I am. There I am on the Today Show. Now, I'm not talking, but there I am. You understand? Right. Yep. There I am. And then there's Flip, and they're talking about what's going on down in Grayson, Kentucky, yep. and this, this blah, 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 this this uh, yep. uh this clerk that won't bow her knee and blah, all that. So we're kind of pumped up. So, man, we're getting somewhere, and Huckabee's coming. He's going to be here at 3 o'clock. Let's keep pushing. Maybe we can do something. Yep. Jumped in my car. I was going to go down and set up a table or something about 9 o'clock in the morning. And I uh, went down, turned left, headed down the street by the jail, which is we were holding a rally outside the jail. And, Doug, as soon as I turned the corner, it was like out of a movie. The street was lined with good old boys. <sighs> Holding signs. Nine o'clock in the morning. You know what's said on those signs? Courts don't make a law. They got it. Well, three thirty is when my Huckabee rally was 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 planned. Yeah. We're out there one thirty. Doug, the stone gets rolled away. Kim Davis comes walking out of the jail. I never saw an eruption like that in my life. The people when she when she she came walking out and never went back to jail and will never go back to jail and can I tell you why because a group of vagabonds went out and did what Gideon did shined a lot of light and made a lot of noise and that genie ain't gone back in that bottle down there in Grayson, Kentucky people now know courts don't make law now friends this whole homosexual marriage, this gay marriage issue, it isn't over, brother. No, it's The court has ruled, but that ain't the law. That becomes the law of the land only if we believe it is the law of the and land. That's, and there's the problem. We have too many people who believe in this judicial supremacy crap. That's that right, this brother. This is the law. And, 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 I'm so, and, and really, Coach, 
And boy, now I'm getting fired up because I, I am sick and tired of Christians and, and social conservatives and political pundits and these people who believe that they know better than anyone else in the world and they'll argue the most minute uh, point about uh, some obscure Christian doctrine. They'll condemn the most, uh, the, the, you know, they'll, they'll condemn us for Amen. anything. All right. Uh, and they're always right. But, but. But hey, no, it's the law of the land. So we, you know, we got to play within. The, we we have to recognize the fact that well, we lost this one. No, 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 no. Rules so, are rules, right? Rules. Yeah, are oh rules. yeah, we've got to. Yeah, that's right. That's this, the other thing too. Yeah. This ain't the NBA where you just call traveling whenever you want to. Rules are rules, yep. right? Yep. Article one, section one of the yep. U.S. Constitution says all legislative power is, and it it uh, think. Can't think of the word. All legislative power is in, in, embedded in a the legislative branch, which right. is what it says. Now, right. now, Doug, again, what does all mean? All uh, legislative power. How much is left for the courts? <laughs> There's none left for the courts. All legislative power, right? Right. All of it. Yep. And so we've got to come to understand that the separation between the church and state, prayer in school, Bible reading, abortion, yep. uh, Ten Commandments, sodomy, sodomized marriage... Ain't none of them a law. Ain't none of them a law. That's now right. here's what here's what we want people to understand, and why we're why we're so adamant about this, and this is why we're going to go down with Judge Roy Moore again. If Judge Roy Moore, Doug, were to walk into a federal court, which they're doing this this uh, uh, monkey trial on him down there, kangaroo court, August sixth, seventh, eighth, by the way. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Uh, if, when if Judge Moore gets in there, if somebody if somebody were to say to Judge Moore, or if Judge Moore were to say to them. Listen, I'm a law-abiding judge. I'm law-abiding. Right. You show me the law, and I'll follow it. There's only one law they could show Judge Roy Moore. That's the law of the state of Alabama, which says marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, hey, Doug, why can't they show him the Supreme Court opinion? Because the Supreme because Court opinion it's ain't not law. a law. It ain't law. Right. We just act like it is. Yep. In fact, did you know that in the direct in the Declaration of Independence it talks about pretend legislation? Did you know that? I did not know pretend that. Pretend legislation. The judges are giving us pretend legislation. It's not law. Our founders warned us of the pretend legislation. So we're going to go down with Judge, we did it with Kim Davis, now we're going to go down with Judge Roy Moore and try to educate people and wake them up to do what? For the sovereign states to reclaim their Ninth and Tenth Amendment right to self-government. Self-government. <laughs> hey, Doug, I'm not the smartest guy, but I believe, I had a guy tell me that back in 1968 when he went to college, smoking a marijuana cigarette was a felony. 30 years in jail back in 1968. Yep. Smoking a joint. I remember those old Dragnet, uh, you know, half hour series. Right? Yeah. And as far as I know, it's still a federal offense, isn't it? If you could, uh, I think so. Maybe not smoking one, but has a certain amount, right? right? Yep, yep. Except, Doug, not in Colorado. Why isn't, why isn't it a federal offense in Colorado? Hmm. Why? The people of the state of Colorado said, we don't like that law. We're going to legalize that right. stuff here. Uh, is Barack Obama trying to take away all their funding and all these, uh, are they putting all these restrictions on Colorado because they're not following this federal law? No. That no. interesting. Isn't that interesting, right? And Doug, I was thinking concealed carry when I'm driving up here and I think I'd like to bring my gun. Yeah. 
I can't carry that thing here in Pennsylvania because, well, there's no reciprocity. Well, aside from that, yeah. The, New York, I'm heading to Buffalo, right? Oh, yeah, that's five years you go across the line. But so what? I thought there was a constitutional right to it, but somewhere along the line they said, well, states have the right to make their own decision regarding mm-hmm. guns, right? This, mm-hmm. That's a that's a state's rights issue. So here we are, abortion. Abortion's a state's rights issue. It's a medical issue. The states have the right to make their decision. No, no, right. no, 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 no. No, they don't. Well, Doug, that's kind of schizophrenic, but, but isn't I'm, it? I'm confused, Coach. Yeah, we are confused. <laughs> Yeah, the devil, Satan, is the author of confusion. So we have been following pretend legislation. And one of the things that we're doing our best to do is to alert everybody and awaken everybody. Courts cannot make law. It's not that they don't make law. They cannot make law. The law can be made by two ways. Uh, an initiative by the people. That's right. Citizens' initiative, or by their elected representatives, the yeah. Senate and the House. That's we don't right. even know how to make laws anymore, right? But the Supreme Court, when they come down and they issue a decision, they just tell us it's the law, law of the land. In, in, in the most, it's my understanding, Coach. The the most. Um binding aspect of the Supreme Court issues a ruling, for example, in the Burgerfell, the only applicability or the only the only uh, venue area that that opinion would apply is the case of a Burgerfell. Five states. No Five states. That decision has, even if that was the law okay. of the land, it only, only impacts five states, the ones of the five states who, who were part of the lawsuit that came to them. Oh, I understand. Okay, yeah, the the, the parties who are directly involved. Yeah, it doesn't affect that. Alabama. Yeah. They, were, right. they weren't they right. weren't part of it. That's right. Right. And, and just to be clear, uh, uh, Judge Roy Moore is facing uh, trial for what? well, he's already suspended, or suspended with pay, okay. and he's going to have a hearing be- before what they okay. call a judicial inquiry commission, which is just a kangaroo this court. This is an administrative unelect- unelected right. unelected lawyers, right? Going to get together and say he's been a bad boy. The Judicial Inquiry Committee was put in there for guys who were, you know, they were sleeping around or stealing right. or whatever. It was a disciplinary thing. It yep. wasn't a disciplinary thing. Uh, they don't have the authority to do what they're trying to do to Judge Roy Moore. But see, gotcha. Doug, this is so huge because he is standing between the people and this ungodly ruling. That is called the doctrine of interposition. Folks, this is all at defytyrants.com. Defytyrants.com. And again, to get Matt Tuello on there, he said he'd be a great guest and he'll explain all this. Yeah, we, we have to get him on. This is very simple, folks. This is very, very simple. The states created the feds. Okay. The feds didn't create the, didn't create the states. Uh, the, the first ten amendments of the Constitution are not, uh, rights. People say, I got my first amendment right. Right. No, no. The limitations on the government. It should be the Bill of Limitations. Uh, uh, that's true. Right? Yep, yep. Congress shall make no yep. law. The right of the people to keep them bare arms. That's right. It limits what the government is able to do. Yep. We have it backwards. We think the Constitution grants our rights when it doesn't. But the Ninth and the Tenth Amendment says all powers not given specifically belong to who? To the people and to the states, right? That's right. So Judge Roy Moore is standing in what they call interposition, and that means this. It happens in our homes sometimes. Hopefully not too often. <laughs> if uh, 
Well, I'd go home if I was a rowdy kid and I went home and my dad was uh, told me to mow the yard and I didn't mow the yard and he got that belt out and he was going to wail on me for that belt. And I really had a pretty good reason for not mowing the yard and my mom knew that good reason. You know what my, you know what my mom did? She interposed. She stood between my dad and me and protected me from an unjust ruling. Do you understand it? No, I get that. It's, it's, it, this is so simple, isn't it? So when the federal government says, hey, listen, we're going to change the entire American culture, we're yeah. going to change Western civilization, and we're going to redefine marriage as a marriage between a man and a man, and all of you people down there in Alabama and in Pennsylvania and Ohio, you got to follow along. Somebody's got to stand up and stand between that tyrant right. and the people. That's Judge Roy Moore. He's standing up and saying, no, no, listen, guys, you're overstepping your bounds. We have a law here in the state of Alabama. Marriage is between a man and a woman only. 82% of the people voted it that way. By the way, he said, I'm upholding the law. And there it is. I'm not breaking the law. Yeah. Kim Davis wasn't breaking the law. She was upholding the law. She swore an oath to what? The Constitution of the state of Kentucky uh, to uphold her. So yep. they were forcing her to violate her oath. Yep. Judge Roy Moore, and by the way, it's not just him. It was an eight-to-one vote on the Supreme Court. He recused himself. Eight other judges on the Supreme Court said, no, no, that law does not apply here. We have our own law, and that Obergefell decision does not cancel that law. And so mm-hmm. because they know that Judge Moore has been through this before, because they know that Judge Moore is not going to bend and going to bow, they got to get rid of him, Doug. So that's why this battle is so huge. We get, we're, wow. we're, we're on the ground right now. I'm not. I'm here. But we've got folks on the ground right now who are visiting churches and handing out flyers and standing on the street doing exactly what we did with Kim Davis. We are now doing with Judge Roy Moore in the state of Alabama, trying to, uh, try to, trying to inform and educate people just in civics 101 that, that this is tyranny and we cannot let this thing go on. So it's really, really big on, on the 6th, 7th, and 8th when we're down there in Alabama and anybody can come down there, stand with us. We'll have, we'll have us a, a grand old time. That gets pretty simple, isn't it? Well, you know, uh, I'm still confused, coach. No, it is simple, and I don't want to make light of it, because uh, all we need to do is show up. All we need to do is show up. Say that again. All we need to do is show up. Brother, I'm telling you. And, and, you know, you've taught me a lot, and, and folks, I've got to to say that in, in, in... for the length of time I've been doing this, which has not been that long <clears throat> relative to others, and how sloppy I can be and how inarticulate I am, admittedly so. If I can in some small way impact others and, and, and make a difference. You know, I'm, and, and I, I owe a lot to, well, I, to others, including you, uh, Coach. And as I'm sitting here looking at uh, emails coming in, and, and feel free, folks, to send us an email at studio at hagman at com. We've got people right now listening to us. I believe all 50 states, as we speak, are represented. We've got Canada, Finland, Norway, Germany, um, Ireland, the U.K., and I don't know what time 
You know, I mean, think about how many people we're reaching. Australia, New Zealand, um, uh, Iceland, which, okay, that's interesting. But, but, but thank you. But thank you. So we are attempting to, to make a difference. I know Coach Dave Dobmeyer is making a difference. And folks, if you're joining us late, Coach Dave Dobmeyer, CoachDaveLive.com. Do me a favor. Support Coach Dave Dobmeyer. Um, you've got a donate button on your website, right? Yeah, we do. We okay. do. Okay. All right. And, and you know, if you, Please let's support them both by physically being there, and we can make a difference. Let's let's support them tomorrow if you're in the Buffalo area, or if you're in New York State, or anywhere in the continental United States, or in Canada. Uh, show up to Buffalo. Email coach at coachdavelive.com. dot com. That's coach at coachdavelive dot com, and, and just say this. Hey, Doug, where, where do I show up? Doug, yeah, we're folks. Listen, we're at the crossroads of civil, Western civilization. Yep. You know, sometimes I I often uh, I love to use sports analogies, just because I think everybody can kind of relate to them. You know, I'm a big sports fan, and as a football coach, when I was coaching, I always had kind of a sixth sense. And if you're ever watching a game, you can feel it too. That that man, this is a big play. Yep. This is a big. It might be in the second quarter. It might be in the third quarter. It might be late. But you know, man, this is a big play. The whole game can turn, right? That's right. Sports fans, we understand that, right? Yep. Now, here's what it is, folks. You never know when that play is. You never know. And you know what else you don't know? All the guys who make those great plays in the basketball games, in the football games, in the base, Bill Mazeroski, you remember that name? Bill Mazeroski had a home run 1961 when the Pittsburgh Pirates beat the New York Yankees in the bottom of the ninth inning. Mm. Bill Mazeroski, nobody built it. Bill Mazeroski know when he stepped to the plate that it was going to be a life-changing moment for him? Did he have any idea that his that one time at the plate was going to be it? He would be remembered as a hero forever in Pittsburgh? Because of that home run he hit over the left field fence. And so here we are today. What if you're the home run hitter? What if you're the guy who's going to score the touchdown? What if you show up and you just show up and you do something? You don't even think it's a big deal. But you come across and you hand a flyer to a person who says, Oh, my goodness. And this person, the Lord put right in your place because that person is going to take that flyer and get it to a person who can really do something with that information. And I'm telling you, we are living in a time right now where the opportunity to make a difference has never been greater. I know this, Doug. Most heroes had no idea they were going to be one. They had no idea. They just showed up and they made their play. And when the game was over, they were the hero. The uh, history's full of them. And I just say, man, make yourself available. Make yourself available to be the guy that drives in that winning run. And you don't know who that person that you're going to influence might be. Yeah, you, you don't know your reach or your impact. And I think you said at one time, and, and, I, and I'm not sure um, the exact terms that you used, uh, the responsibility or the uh, uh, the results are up to God. Duties are ours. Okay, there you results go. Results belong to God. John Adams said that, or maybe he was saying right. John Adams. Yeah, was duty okay. is ours. All right. The results belong to God. All right. Yeah, and so, yeah, Doug, again, I mean. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- there you have it. 
Okay, I mean, it's it's just that simple. And, and you know, we're hobbled. I I think, you know, I don't know if you're mic'd up, Eric, but uh, I mean, you and I this week have talked a lot about um, about self self imposed limitations, and, and I think that we're all guilty Amen. of that. You know, we're. Uh, so if you're listening to this program, I mean, if we have people from Europe, it, we do, and, and all, you know, the continents, uh, my goodness, uh, people are thirsty. They're hungry for being able to influence and impact change. What do you do? Just show up. We're looking for leadership, Doug. Yeah. We're, we're so we're hungry. For we're leadership. so hungry for yeah. we're hungry. Everything, John Maxwell, a Christian author, says everything rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. Let me let me give you an example. Something's going on right now. <clears throat> maybe Mike Mike Heath maybe he's listening as he's as he's rolling this way to be with us tomorrow from from Augusta, Maine. He held a press conference today in Augusta, Maine, and he and his friend Paul Medor have launched a citizens' initiative in the state of Maine entitled. Equal rights, not special rights. And they are getting a citizen's initiative to roll back homosexuality as a protected class. I might be a little bit wrong with my wording. In the state of Maine. Now you say, Coach, why is that important? Mike, why is that important? Well, look around, Doug. Look around at what's happening in America. Businesses are going out of business because why? Homosexuals are coming and making them bake cakes. Right? right? They're coming in, making them do flowers at their weddings. We are seeing now that this homosexual juggernaut has not become equal rights. That's what they told us they wanted, yeah. equal rights. But, Doug, it's not equal rights. It's special rights. That's we right. now have granted them special rights. So, Mike and Paul, it seems like a Herculean task. How are you ever going to get all those signatures? How are you guys going to do that? I don't know, but I'm going to try. Yep. I'm going to try. And we're going to try to get this thing. Heck with the governor. Yeah. Heck with the state legislator. We're going to let the people decide whether they want special rights for homosexuals or not. These these kind of things, brother. This is what we have to begin to do. Right. At the begin, you can't just play the games you think you'll win. You can't just play the games you think you'll win. And if I can add to that, I, I think you have to. Um, Restrategize, perhaps, or re- rethink your strategy given the uh, changed playing field. Maybe I mean, does that sound right? Or well, you, well, how about this one? Jesus told us. I can never figure this one out. Really, it took me a while. Jesus said to be wise as a serpent mm-hmm. and harmless as a dove. Right. I got pondering on that, Doug. When I think of something wise, I don't think of a snake. You think of a snake as being wise? Good point. No. I think no. of a fox. Yeah. An owl. Yeah. But not a snake. No, I, I look at a snake as more of a, uh, a a peril or something deadly. Yeah. You know. Or deceptive. Right? There you go. Yeah. So Jesus Himself said, "Be wise as a serpent." In other words, we know who the certain represent, serpent represents, right? Right. Jesus is saying, "Study your enemy." Be wise as, look how he moves and how he operates, how he gets things done. Be wise as he is. Now harmless. Don't, don't be doing things illegal, but understand the techniques that he's using. In fact, Jesus went on to say that the children of darkness are in their time more knowledgeable than the 
children of the light. Isn't that something? And so what we have to do is look at some of these uh, initiatives and some of these things, others that the enemy has done and use those same techniques. There's another parallel uh, example as well is when David killed Goliath. Yeah. David cut off Goliath's head. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did he cut his head off with? That, I, I don't know. His own sword. David took Goliath's sword okay. and cut off David's, or it's cut off Goliath's Goliath head, head. Yep. with his own sword. Meaning that the weapons that they are using against you can also be used against them if we're smart enough to understand how to do it. And so I'm, I ask this question, when are we going to start playing a little bit of offense? Where are the Christian lawsuits? Where are the churches rising up and filing multi-million dollar lawsuits against the homosexuals and against the, where are those, Doug? Well, that's part of why, why we lose is because we just don't think that's very Christian to do that. We will use your democratic laws to invade you, your religious laws to conquer you, basically, the, or, um, uh, reference uh, from Archbishop, uh, some Archbishop over in Turkey, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, we, uh, very good points all. And, of course, that validates, what you said validates my, uh, one, of, one of my tenets, which is uh, keep your friends close and your enemies under surveillance. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, kidding. But, but uh, no, you're exactly right. You, you've got Muslims out there who are suing into oblivion, Baker. Using our laws. That's right, against us. Right. That's right. And we're not smart enough to figure out how we can turn this thing around and use those laws against them? See, that's right. we have to, we got stinking thinking, brother. We've got to change. You know what it is, Doug? We don't think we can win. Well, and, we, we've been programmed to think that. And not only that, we don't think we're supposed to. We think oh. that we think it's just going to get oh. worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and then the Lord's going to come and take his ball and go home. Well, Go throw a fit at the end, and okay. So, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because is that is that anything like, um, uh, for example, well, Christians? You know, we're not supposed to litigate, uh, or we're not supposed to be litigious. If you're if you're really a true Christian, um, you will turn the other cheek. You won't. Mm. Uh, I mean, is that what you, kind of what you're saying? Here, well, the scripture is very clear. You don't take your brother to court. You don't take your brother, uh, right? Okay. But even Paul. Even Paul appealed to his Roman citizenship. Uh, that's true. Right? Yeah. He said, I'm a Roman. Yeah. I'm a Roman. And so they had to give him his Roman. So those laws, they're all put in place for us to be able to follow as well. But, uh, oh, my okay. goodness, we got, all right. got a few minutes left here, five minutes for, for the break, yep. Doug. Yep. The old Romans 13 hammer comes along, right? That we're that if we're good Christians, we will obey the authorities, right? right. That's right. Huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> but who's the ultimate authority? Right? Yeah. And so when a law violates the laws of God, we know from the scriptures, which do you do? Do you obey God or do you obey man? Well, the faults. A law that violates God's law is no law at all. Not a law. It's not a law. So I go to the abortion clinic. We'll do that tomorrow morning. We'll go there. There'll probably be a cop there. We have one in Columbus, Ohio. All right. There's a cop that stands there. They hire a special duty cop. Doug. They're murdering people right behind him. And he's watching to see if we step foot on the property. Right? And I say, <laughs> I say to him, Sean, Sean, 
come on, man, they're killing babies. Yeah. He says, it's legal, coach. But it's not. It's not legal. It's not legal. But, Doug, we in the church think that way, too. See, our pastors won't oppose abortion. They think it's legal. Yeah, the, the, the quickest way to... Uh to uh get kicked out of a church is to talk about abortion <laughs> true. you know or or, or to yeah it, it's I, I okay so trying to wrap this whole thing up at, at this hour defytyrants.com the doctrine of the lesser magistrate is the vehicle to be able to do this okay. the precedent's already set we have states rights in so many different areas yeah. well we just we just saw them uh, on this latest abortion thing this latest ruling it just came down a month ago yeah. they had to, they had to do gym, gymnastics to be able to even make that thing make sense because it was clearly a states rights issue and then they said no it's not a states rights issue in this in this uh situation so again through an educational process we're going to win with judge roy moore because we're going to have educated the people and not only will we have educated the people, we're going to bring pressure to bear on those ones who are supposed to be our public servants. We can't just sit back and say, oh, you get whatever you guys do, that's okay. We elected you. That's okay. No, no, it's not okay. It's not. A, hey, Doug, people are really ticked about Hillary. And why? They're ticked because so that ain't right. Yeah. That ain't right. If I did that, I couldn't get away with it, right? Well, yeah, obviously, and, and that's a really good point. I mean, look at this. Look, look, look at how in the in your face this whole thing is and was, or was and is and continues to be. Um, not that Dallas was not or is not important, but certainly, as you pointed out earlier, that knocked the that knocked her off the front page, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, people, men and women, are are upset at. Uh, uh, the laws. So, have, so what are we going to do? Well, okay. Huh? As Christian leaders, what do we do? Well, we don't have any leaders. We don't have any leaders. And the leaders that we have, Doug, have be- become so compromised. Shocking, shocking news here, July 8th, folks. The Lord is not a Republican. In fact, he's not even an American. And so this idea that we're going to be able to change the course of America through the political process is folly. Jesus said, Matthew 13, that upon this rock he would build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Right. But the gates of hell will prevail against John Boehner. They will prevail against Ted Cruz. The gates of hell will prevail against the Republicans. It will prevail against the conservatives. As Flip often says, conservatism is pretend salt. It's just pretend salt, right? And so we're taking this powerful gospel of Jesus Christ and we're handing it off to elected officials and think they'll do what our gospel preachers won't do. Folks, you're listening to Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, we like to call America's Coach, CoachDaveLive.com. Stay right where you're at. We'll be right back. 
This is the Global Star Radio Network. Look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click Click on the link. Stain by blood. back, folks, to this final hour of the Hagman and the Hagman Report. We are graced by, and, and I'm just I'm just happy um, beyond belief to have Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer in studio. Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, you remember him, past the salt, PT salt. Coach Dave Live. Just think, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, CoachDaveLive.com. CoachDaveLive.com. In studio, this is, this is, um, Actually, we're going to have to mark the calendar. This is an unbelievable day. It's a great day for us, uh, the fact that he is in studio. And if you want to be in studio, I guess, well, you can be. But, uh, but Coach, he's special. He really is. Uh, a special guy actually going to be tomorrow in Buffalo. Folks, men, leaders out there, if you want to be part, if you want to get in the game, you want to be part of the battle, you want to help Coach Dave Dobmeyer, Email him tonight, coach at Coach Dave Live. Um, bottom line, join him in Buffalo, New York. If you're within, well, if you live within the continental United States, you can do that. Doug, Co- I just got an email, my own, my own email here from a, a young guy down in West Virginia, blind. Just put me in the game. So I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch, brother. I'll, I'll be in touch, man. Hey, we don't turn down anybody. We, we, we need, we need, we need players. But, but that's the spirit. And then, I it mean, is. uh, I can't do it. I, you know, I'm, I, I, I got a cold or I can't do it because, well, my foot hurts yeah, or yeah. whatever. But here's a blind guy. Somebody who's, who's really got a problem. Yep. And, well, and you, most of it's fear. Most true. of it's fear, brother. It true. is. Yeah. And, and you talk about the difference between are you, are you hurt or are you injured? injured. Yeah. yeah. You know, Scripture says they, uh, uh, Jesus said they overcame him by the, I'm sorry, Book of Revelation says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, yeah. loving not their own lives, even to the point yep. of death. And uh, we love ourselves too much, Doug. We, we really do. You know, Scripture says when you become born again, I'm born again, brother. I'm born again. And it says I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I. Christ lives within me. 
And the life I now live, I live by the grace of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. I'm already a dead man, Doug. I'm already a dead man. We all are. We're all, we're all dead men, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. And we're either going to let Christ live through us or we're not. I'm not a perfect guy. I don't want it to even sound like that. You talk to my wife. She can talk to some of my friends. I mean, I can, I ain't far from perfect. I had a, I had a go around yesterday with a buddy and yeah. uh, over, uh, you know, cause I'm so direct and so, so upfront and so harsh. I said, listen, man, my whole career has been, you got 20 seconds to make a point, right? You run a play and that plays over. You ain't got all day to sue the guy's wounded ego. You right. got to make a point and move on, right? Right. And you got to tell him, suck it up. Hey, let's go now. And so I, I still act like that. And it comes across as a harshness, but it's not a harshness, Doug. It's an urgency. It's an urgency. And I'd like just to take a few minutes here as we start this, this third hour, if, if, if you don't mind, that, uh, I want to make an appeal to men. To manhood, to manhood. All right. Um, we're so dying. I, 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 we're dying for manhood. Oh my goodness! I'll give you an example. I had a a, a relative of mine that I was uh, <clears throat> I was sharing the gospel with, trying to trying to his life was a mess, and I was trying to share the gospel with him. And uh, after a, about the third time I'd, I'd met with him, uh, he said something that that I'll never forget. He said, uh, Coach, I'm really impacted by what you say, and I really see, I really see it's real with you. But he said, to be honest with you, he told me, I can't do it because I don't want to lose my balls. I don't know if I was allowed to say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, get what, you get what he said to me, Doug? I'm, he's, I'm trying to understand that. He's looking at Christianity and saying, "I got to stop being a man." When I become a Christian, I got to stop being a man. I, I, I can't even think that way. And, and maybe, it... well, let's think about the average Christian guy that you run into. Don't you see him kind of as a pushover, a soft I mean, guy? That's true. Okay, so, so what you're saying it's the perception of being a wuss, right? That's right. See, uh, the, what, what we're selling, I hate to use that term, but we are. All right. what, what we're selling has to be appealing to our product. And you mean to tell me that I'm going to be able to go out and I'm going to recruit a world changer and make him think that he has to become soft and satisfied to be able to do that? See, the Lord made me the way I am. He changed my nature, but he didn't change me, Doug. He, di- he didn't take away the aggressiveness he changed the focus of my aggressiveness. He made me the way that I am. And sadly, in our churches today, pastors do not want strong, opinionated men. Now, our churches, hmm. our churches are full of type A personalities. Guys who own their own businesses, maybe are millionaires, make split-second decisions. Right, and they come into the church, and they get they get turned into these type C guys. I'll ask guys, "Hey, want to go to the clinic with me?" I, Doug, I'm not making this up. I'm talking about men's men, right? right? Say, "Hey, listen, we need some help. Want to go go to the clinic with us?" And you know what they'll say? Well, I have to ask my pastor. So what? Why you got to ask your pastor? 
What are you talking about, man? Do you ask your pastor every business deal you make and every employee you fire and everybody you hire? You gotta go ask your pastor? What's wrong with you, bud? And so what's happened to us is we have taken, again, this compartmentalized Christianity. We take a man, we get him born again, and we turn him into something he's not. i got a scripture I want to share here. Can I, did you want to say something? I'm not trying to... No, no, no. I'm, Matthew, I'm still processing that. Go, go on. Matthew 16:13. Jesus is with the, with the uh, disciples at the coast of Caesarea Philippi, which, by the way, Caesarea Philippi was the... Las Vegas of its day. In fact, it was right at the base of Mount Hermon where they dug through the babies into what they thought was the gates of hell, the bottomless pit. There was a, there was a falls there. That's where they are. They're at the gate, they're at Caesarea Philippi. I'm in Matthew 16, 13 for anybody out there that wants to verify that I'm not lying to you. It says when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say I am? I'm just going to stop right there a minute. The world's asking that right now. Who is the Lord? Who is he? Who Who is Jesus? And they're kind of stuck for a minute because they don't really know what to say. But finally, one of them says, doesn't tell us who, it says, and they said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Like, time out a minute. How could they possibly have confused Jesus with John the Baptist? You know what he did, right? Locusts and wild honey, yeah. wild and crazy yeah. man went went to Hillary Clinton and called her called her a name and cost him his head, right? <laughs> uh, you know who Jeremiah was? Do you yeah. know who Elijah were? Uh, these guys called down fire, right? Right. And Jesus, when he goes into Caesarea Philippi and they're doing a little bit of street ministry, by the way preaching the Old Testament because they're writing the new one. Right. They don't have That's the New correct. Testament. Right? right. They're in there. And Jesus says, okay, boys, what are they saying about me? They said, man, they're crazy. They think you're nuts. They think you're John the Baptist. They think you're Jeremiah. They think you're one of the prophets raised from the dead. You getting the picture here, Doug? It, it. it ain't Mr. Rogers. It ain't Joel Osteen they're talking about here. They're talking about somebody. <laughs> they're making this comparison. Now, did Jesus say, oh, are you kidding me? How could they... Get me confused with John. I'm not like that. I'm nice. I'm loving. Not what he said. Listen what he said. Cool, huh? They said, you're John the Baptist, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus said unto them, oh yeah? Who do you say I am? There's there's your word for the day. Who do you say he is? Huh? You, who do you say he is? Do you think he's uh men? I'm talking to the men out there. Mm. Do you think he's some sissified guy with skinny jeans and moose hair? Do you think he's just some old, some old soft guy that probably was in the choir? Metrosexual. A metrosexual. Yeah. Do you think that? That's what. Again, remember, I said that guy said to me, "I don't want to lose my, I don't want to lose my goods." Right? He's looking at Jesus. Jesus says, "Who do men say that I am?" And and we're asking that question today. Who is Jesus? Right. Who is he? Jesus says, "It doesn't matter what everybody else is saying to me." Who do you think say I am? Who do you think I am? Because once you figure out who I am, right? Yep. Huh? Now we'll follow this. Follow this logic. I, I'm, yeah, I'm there. Because the, the loudmouth speaks up. Peter. 
Peter says, why, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. First one to ever get that revelation, by the way. And Jesus pulls back and says, wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but he was in awe. Right, right. He says, oh, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood is not revealed that unto you, but my Father in heaven. Now, Doug, stay with me. Okay. Now, listen. The next verse is, and upon this rock I'm going to build me a church, right. and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Time out, folks. I've been taught my whole life that G, that the rock was Peter. Peter was the rock. Or I heard people say, when Jesus said, upon this rock, he's talking about Peter, and Peter becomes the first pope. Or I heard people say, no, 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 it was the revelation who, who Jesus was. That's, that's who it was. That was the rock that, no, no, no. Hey folks, where are they? Where are they? Doug, where are they? They are standing at Caesarea Philippi, which was the gates of hell. They believed it to be the gates of hell. And Peter says, well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, yes! And upon this rock, what rock? Right where they're standing. So right here, I'm building me a church. We're going to storm the gates of hell. Hmm. Now, folks... When is the last time you envisioned Jesus as a stormtrooper? A guy who was going to attack and destroy the gates of hell. And when he made disciples, that's what he was creating. He was creating others just like him. Doug, he went into the temple, yard sale, flea market. He went into the temple and what did he do? He flipped up those tables and he swung a, a whip. And as far as I know, ain't nobody tried to stop him. There must have been something about his aura that people recognized authority, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that the image of a Christian man today? Sadly, no. It's not? No. Now, Doug, I'm not talking about cussing, carousing, throwing your golf clubs. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. No. I'm talking about a guy who'll stand principled and look you in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I ain't moving. I'm not giving on right. this issue. There is a righteous anger that is necessary that is absent in today's Christian male. And we talk about this a lot. In the the fact that, uh, and I think that this coach, I mean, um, this is one of those issues where I get emails on saying, "Why do you get so angry?" Oh my goodness! Well, it's I mean, maybe it's maybe it's maybe it is anger, righteous anger, but there's frustration because of that uh, that issue where you've got to. Uh, check your, uh, you know, your cojones in at the door. Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to, brother. Yeah. We're, we're not. Yeah. We're not supposed yeah. to. You, you read, you read the book of Acts, mm-hmm. brother. Hey, listen. Jesus told us this. Matthew chapter uh, five verse thirteen says, "You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its savor, 
It's henceforth good for nothing. He says, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward. Jesus also said, All of those who live godly lives will suffer persecution. Jesus said, the, the, they hated me first, they're going to hate you. D- Doug, where do we get this image that he's Mr. Rogers, go. that yep. he's go along to get along? And see, what's happened is we, we, we've allowed them to counterfeit Jesus and turn him into the love doctor, the doctor of love, that he's just love, 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 that he loves everybody. You know, in the same scripture, Matthew chapter 3 where it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you continue on down into verse 28 of John 3, it says this, that apart from Christ, the wrath of God abides on you. Mm. Okay. We don't think about that, do we? We think Jesus is just okay with everything. What was, doobie brothers. Jesus is just all right with me and, and Doug. That's that is that's not that's not the gospel, brother. No, no, it's not the gospel. God um, God hated sin so much He sent His Son, and so we look at what's going on in our churches. Why is homosexuality legal in America? Because it's become accepted in the church, and we don't believe the Bible enough to believe that. Jesus is against homosexuality. He's against it. And because we've been convinced that he's love, 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 therefore for us to resist or speak against any sin is not loving and therefore not Christian. Brother, that's that's not the gospel. You know what? I can't think of a better uh, better segue into this email which we got. I'm going to put you on the spot here because I got this email. And uh, perhaps you can answer this. Uh, I'm not going to give the name of this individual. Let's see here. I got to make these make the print bigger. Okay. Um, this is from a Hispanic Christian woman coach. Okay, mm-hmm. she writes this. Now, now, this is obvious in reference to uh, to the first part of the program. She writes this, um, As a Hispanic Christian woman, I found tonight's guest to be offensive and racist. Now, five minutes into the show, I could not continue to listen to this type of garbage. I watch your show to hear the truth unbiased. I want to be edified, not to groan in my spirit. To have to listen to this type of trash, I can pick up and Inquirer magazine at any book stand. That way I know what type of print I'm going to fill my mind with. It shouldn't matter what color of skin a human being has to be accepted, uh, even in the Christian world. I know this was in reference to the police shootings in Dallas. Nonetheless, racist, always a racist. Not Didn't quite fit in there. And she signs her name from New Mexico. There it is. Okay, well, first of all, she identified herself by race. Yes, sir. Did she not? Yes, sir. I haven't identified myself by race, I don't think. I haven't to. But, Doug, here's the point. There's only two races. I said this earlier. So, Folks, listen. Listen to me. You're not a body. 
You are a spirit who lives in a body. You possess a soul. And you, some of you are going around in Hispanic bodies. Some of us are going around in German bodies. Some of us are going around in black bodies. Some of us are going around in uh, Asian bodies. But we are, it is the soul. See, we are soul, we are living souls. And what the enemy has been able to do is to convince us that we are, oh my goodness, classified by our body. I'm a brand new creature. When I got born again, and that Hispanic woman who's listening, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, you're not Hispanic. I'm not white. We have fallen into a trap where they use color and race to divide us. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. I, I mean, first of all, I guess I'm unusual because I'm not afraid to talk about it. Most people won't talk about it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. And to say to my my black brothers and to my yellow brothers and to my whatever color brothers, you're my brother in Christ. I heard a I heard a well known pastor just yesterday, this morning, Doug, mm-hmm. talking about the incident down in in uh Dallas. Yep. And he kept referring to his black brothers and sisters. I'm thinking, you're so blind. <laughs> you're so blind. <clears throat> I'm your brother. Right. We're identifying. They've got us identifying by the wrong things. I'm never going to apologize. I'm not a racist bone in my body, and I am not going to back up one inch on that on that issue, if you think it's racist, I don't even I don't even know what to tell you. You know, and that that's something I, I found out. People hear what they only want to hear. Mm-hmm. But an important part of this, and I thought you did this on air. I know you did it off air during our conversation. You made a very important distinction between race and culture. culture. And I think too many people today misidentify or mischaracterize that particular issue. Folks, I mean, one of the, in my view, and Coach, I'm going to be quiet because no one's listening to hear me. Um, we have one of the most, at least in, in my view, one of the most racist people in the White House that ever was mm. there. And right now, in my view, this is one of the most racially divisive times in American history. Um. Why does he have to identify as a black man? Why does why is that so important? By the you way, know, Doug, he's half know. white. Well, he, he's actually not even. He, he's a yeah, he's right. Arab. A, Arab. He's, he's Arab. He's Arab. Yeah, he's not even what they say he is. Right. And what right. does that matter anyway? Yeah, who cares? What does it matter? Well, I, I, I suppose the theory is, um, well, you know, the 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 treat our treatment of the the blacks, um. Well, you know, who cares what that is? I don't know. 600,000 men died for the sin of slavery. Right. 600,000 men. Right. Brother, huh? Yep. Listen, can we be truthful? There ain't no better place in the world to be a black man than in the United States of America. Oh, I agree with that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Come on. Come on. 
So we got to get by. We got to get by and talk about the black church and the white church and the Hispanic church and the Russian church. Yeah, don't we hear that stuff all the time? That's right. All the time. Yep. We're one body and we're many members. We're all of the body of Christ. All of us are. That's right. And again, you're not a body. You are a spirit that possesses a soul with a mind and a will and emotion. And it, the part of you that will live forever is the invisible part of you. Why are we focusing on the outside appearance? The scripture is very clear. You don't judge by outward appearance. You judge by the heart. Stop the identity politics, especially stop it in the church. Hmm. I made some friends there, didn't we? Uh, uh, I could tell you this: um, in my in my EMS days, I I could tell you that we're all <clears throat> once you're on the inside of a of a skin suit, you can't tell if that person's black or white. Isn't that the truth, huh? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, can, I, can I tell you another funny dynamic yeah, please, that when I was ahead. coaching football, too? Sure. Uh, I, we coached a uh, uh, a racially diverse team. I, I have the right language there now. No, I have a racially diverse team uh-huh. back when I was okay. coaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we we loved each other, and we were good, and, and we were brothers, man. It didn't matter what color you were. We were, man, we were good, and we we were a family. But I'd always watched a really unbelievable dynamic, Doug. I, we would take the guys and we would go to the junior high football game on Thursday night. They would play, we'd play on Friday, the junior high play on Thursday. Right. We would go as a team. We'd wear our team jerseys and we'd sit in there and watch the junior high. And I always watched with amazement. The black kids always sat together. It wasn't a racial thing, brother. It was a cultural thing. That's right. That's right. We yep. all feel comfortable amongst our own. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I do. The white players love yeah. the black players. They loved each other. Right. But culturally, why are we denying that cultures are a little bit... limit? Ethnicities bring about different cultures, see? And so I heard Cassius Clay say, bluebirds hang with bluebirds, redbirds hang with redbirds. Eagles hang with eagles. People like to hang around people like them. Doesn't make anything bad or anything good. It just is a reality of life. That's right. But when we get born again, that skin suit don't have anything to do with it. We gotta quit, we gotta quit focusing on it. The average person listening to me right now, even though they, they say they're not racist, they're probably not going to, if they're white, they're probably not walking into a black church. Some will. They may know the pe- people, but they say, honey, let's go to church today. Let's go down there to that, that church on the corner where all those. Right. They're not going to do that. You go where you feel comfortable. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean. It's not a racist thing. No, and you're right. It's a cultural thing. It's an ethnic, yeah. cultural thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I totally agree with you on that. And, and folks, if you have a question for uh, Coach Dave Dobmeyer, feel free to send it uh, studio at Hagman and Hagman dot com. Now, somebody wants you to clarify uh, this. This from Anthony. He writes this um, regarding your comment about Catholics and Jews on the Supreme Court. Uh, I don't recall specifically what you said about that. I mean, except I said there were no Protestants on the Supreme okay. Court. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't recall your distinction between Catholics and Jews. Anyway, are biblical beliefs of Catholics 
Now, parenthetically, he writes, Mm -hmm. including Orthodox Christians and Jews, so at variance with Protestants to the degree they are not capable of adhering to, quote, biblical beliefs, end quote, like Protestants. In his follow-up, or I guess the money question is this, would you say they have an inferior mindset? No, I'd say they have a... In fact, Scalia was a great... Great Catholic Christian on this. On the, he represented the views of probably most evangelical Christians. Okay. I, I would say, right? Right. But the truth is, if we're going to talk about diversity here, then there ought to be some people on that Supreme Court that look like me. There should be. That's right. what they're. That's what they're telling us all the time, right? Right. There ought to be some people on that Supreme Court to share my values. Now, I was raised Catholic. I'm no longer a Catholic. I found Jesus outside the Catholic Church. I'm not here to bash on Catholics. I got into the Bible when I received Christ. Okay. And I would feel a lot better. I think America would be in a different situation if we had some Bible, true, evangelical, Bible-believing Christians on the U.S. Supreme Court. Not that they're smarter than anybody else. Not that they're more righteous than anybody else. But, Doug, we know right now that an evangelical Christian has a difference in opinion in some issues with Catholics. Catholics don't all represent evangelical Christians, That's and right. evangelical Christians don't represent all Catholics. Exactly. So if evangelical Christians are about 68% of the populace, okay. it tells me that we ought to have four or five evangelical Christians on the Supreme Court. Why aren't they? If the Supreme Court is supposed to reflect us well, we've got Hispanics on there. We've got Jews on there. We've, we've got every... Well, we don't have any evangelical well, well, Christians. Well, to your... To, however, Coach, to, to those um, uh, universally-going uh, intellectuals out there, no, we're not talking religion here. We're talking some some other litmus test. Yeah, they think we don't have teeth. Right. Right? Right. They that, think we're it. corn or, or, or <laughs> Do you know that Scalia in the Obergefell decision, Scalia referenced that? Yeah. That that the elite, all of those people all went to the same colleges. Yep. All of them did, right? It's not, it's not a cross section of what America looks like at all. So I wasn't, I wasn't besmirching Catholics nor besmirching Jews. I was saying, where are the evangelical Christians? And, and, and that's, that's all valid, I'm saying. And that's a valid question, too. Yeah. So, Anthony, there you go, sir. All right. Very good. Um, okay. Uh, by the way, Coach, did you know this? I'm sure you did. Um, and, Eric, you can pick this up if you want. Uh, uh, Kim Davis, her troubles continue. And thank you, sir. Um, Attorney General's office says Kim Davis violated state's Open Records Act. Let me just make sure that uh, he's got the date right on this. Did you hear anything about this? Uh, WDRB.com. No. Okay. It doesn't mean she didn't, but that's not a religious issue. Is True. it, Doug? That's no, not, no, no, not at all. Can I, can I say this about the Kim Davis issue, by the way? Uh, I'm, uh, thank God for Kim Davis. <laughs> she did what most, uh, most men, most, really, most pastors wouldn't do. She stood. I, I, God bless her for standing. But she stood for the wrong thing. Kim Davis, uh, her argument was, I don't have to violate my conscience. Right. That was her argument. That's not a good argument. And many people had reacted or reacted to that 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 position 
at the time she made it. And in fact, I think I did a commentary on this myself uh, about uh, about Kim Davis. Didn't she um, coach? Didn't she allow her name to be? Or she allowed her associates to sign them as long yeah. as her name didn't what go he on. Said. Folks, okay, yeah. right. So here's the point. Yeah. Here's the point. This is the position Kim Davis should have took, okay. should have taken, and ultimately the position that we're going to have to take. Listen, I'm a Christian, and my faith teaches me that that is not marriage. Right. It is not a law, and as an elected official, you cannot force me to endorse something that is not a law. Right. It's not about religious freedom. Homosexuals have or a conscience. Homosexuals have conscience. Drunks have a conscience. We all have the right to conscience. This is not about the right to conscience. This is a right. This is about the law. The law. Well, I mean, in that respect, it's not a law. I mean, it's well, she, well, that should have been her sole argument. Exactly. It's not a law. Exactly. And 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 why? Folks, I mean, how difficult is this if it violates God's law and it has, has no, and it's unconstitutional? It's no law at all, Doug. It's hey, no Doug, law at all. Doug, that's that culture we're talking about? There you go. Christianity teaches that if it violates yep. the law of God, it's no law at all. No. What, did, what did Thomas Jefferson say in the Declaration of Independence? The laws of nature and of nature's God. Right. And so, from my perspective as a Christian man, if it violates the law of nature or the law of nature's God, it can never be legal. It can never be a law. The law of nature says that uh, marriage is one man won't. Bible, Jesus said that, right? Right. Man shall leave his a mother and a woman leave her home. The yep. two shall become one. That is a law of nature. That, that can never be violated. You cannot make a law to violate the laws of nature. Right. right? You can overcome the laws of nature. You can get artificially inseminated. But two men will never create a baby. Right. And two women will never create a baby. So, therefore, when you have to take those extraordinary circumstances, that tells you you're violating a law. Right. Then people will say, well, well, Coach, what about those people who are sterile and they can't get pregnant? Well... <laughs> The possibility is always there, isn't it? It's yeah. always there. Yeah, two healthy men will never produce a baby. Yeah. So the laws of nature and of nature's God. I, I, I try to tell people I come down kind of as a Christian libertarian. As long as it doesn't violate the laws of nature and of nature's God, right? In our society, I'm kind of okay with it. You know, they say, well, "What about?" Uh, Smoking pot. I don't smoke pot. I don't know why anybody would want to smoke pot, but does smoking pot violate the laws of nature and of nature's God? Ah, man, we could get in an argue over that one. But, but, but see, Coach, in my view, with everything else going on and Christians getting their heads chopped off and, and uh, hundreds of millions of babies being um, aborted, you, you're going to you, you're, you're going to focus in on pot and. and, and <laughs> Shows where we are, doesn't it, brother? Man, alive. Um, this from SR. I'm not going to even get it because of the uniqueness of the name. Uh, writes, you guys are on fire tonight. Don't ever apologize for referring to me, apparently. Because I always end up saying I'm sorry. You and Dave are hitting your stride, and I'd love to hear you both do a regular segment. 
Yep. Hey, man. Right. We'll catch you, CoachDaveLive.com. There you go. There's a bunch of segments there, and they're an hour long, and uh, you can listen to them, and I think that, I think they will encourage it. Listen, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Um, they tell us politics is the art of compromise. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Christianity isn't. Christianity is not the art of compromise. And we're in the mess that we are in because we have compromised on the most basic of Christian principles, Doug. That's why we are in the mess that we are in. Just, I, just think about how many in, in the church maybe where you go. In the church where you go, folks, are there men and women living together who aren't married? Are they living together and going to church and the church is accepting them? Is, the, is that going on? <laughs> See, we're, we compromise in so many different ways. And what's happened to us is humanism, see, been taught in our schools. Yep. It's crept into our churches. And what is humanism? Humanism is nothing more than the worship of man. Man is the end all. So therefore, yep. because humanism has crept into the church, the last thing we want to do is make a person feel bad. Do you, you see what they've done to us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what yep. they've done to us. Yep. And uh, Jesus, I'm sorry, he was a fire and brimstone kind of guy. Uh, they, they all were fire and brimstone kind of guys. <laughs> Read the book of uh, of Jude, for heaven's sakes. And they warn us. He says, rescue them, pull them out of the fire. Paul said, uh, preach the gospel, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. It, this is not about hurting people's feelings, but... Sadly, goes back to my buddy who didn't want to lose his whatevers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean now? You mean, coach, you're so mean, you're so harsh. Man, I'm sorry I am, but I am not bending and I am not bowing on this issue. Why is that so hard for us to understand? Hey, Doug, we can't agree to disagree on th- on issues of truth. Exactly. Look, and I'll say this, and I got this from you. America does not have an an intolerance problem or a problem with intolerance. We've got a problem with tolerance. We do. Think about just that word. What does that mean to tolerate? Tolerate. To tolerate. To accept, even begrudgingly accept, perhaps? Yeah, but whatever. Say, well, I can't already tolerate that. Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah. Right? And they tell us that we're supposed to tolerate that? Why are we, yeah. Why am I supposed to tolerate that? Why don't I have the right not to tolerate that? I don't want to tolerate Keep that away from me. I don't want that. Don't don't teach that to my children. Don't bring it into my schools. Don't bring it into my government. Right. I don't want that. I don't want to tolerate. I used to have a shirt that I wore. Actually, Flip gave it to me. It said, intolerance is a beautiful thing. I like that. Huh? Jesus wasn't very tolerant. No, no. And, you know, tolerance is not a virtue. I mean, man, come on, guys. Guys, become leaders out there. Jesus said, I am the way. Right. I am the truth. Mm -hmm. I am the light. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's about as intolerant a position as you could ever hold. Yeah. Well, him or Muhammad, I think he said, or wait a minute, no, that, no, he didn't say no, that. No, he didn't say that, did he? Yeah, or Buddha. No, he didn't say that either. Exactly. So yeah, talk about intolerance. There you have it. Let me throw you another nugget at you. This will, this will make right. some of you mad out there too. Talking about Jesus and Muhammad or Christianity and Islam, and you hear them make mm-hmm. the make the comparisons about uh, well, Christians have killed a lot of people, yada yada, all that stuff. Listen, folks, when you get to its very core, the closer you get to Muhammad, 
the more violent you become. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the more closer you get to Jesus, the more <laughs> peaceful you become. Brother, this is, these are, these are diametrically opposed. And you know what we see going on? The, the battles always, they say the devil lives in the extremes. Yeah. Well, people say those Muslims that are doing all that, those chopping all those heads off, while wow, well, they're, they're fundamentalists. They're, they're radical. They're, they don't represent all of Islam. Well, they say that about me with my Christianity. He's radical. He's fundamentalist. He doesn't represent all of Christianity. When the truth of the matter is... You do. I do! Yeah, and, I, and I told Joe the other day, I said, would you stop saying, you know, fundamentalist Islam or radical Islam? It's Islam, period. Amen. Folks, we have to stop uh, using this perverted form of language. This is my view, okay? And... and, and Hey, I, I am an unapologetic Christian, all right? And so is Coach Dave. Well, I don't want to speak for him, mm. but you, you make up your mind. Mm. L- look, look, it's really simple. Um, no, I just, I'm going to leave it there. Doug, uh, I was a pretty good high school football coach, and one of the things that, that the other coaches would often say to me, they said that, Coach, you guys are great on fundamentals. You guys don't beat yourself. Now, I want to ask you something. Why is that a good quality as a coach to be a fundamentalist, but it's not a good quality as a Christian? Because we've been brainwashed to believe uh, in in the perverted, uh, to believe in the law. Yeah, we have. We've had. And because the mushy middle, remember this, broad is the way and narrow mm-hmm. is the gate, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Many and few, that's all. <laughs> That's all throughout throughout the scripture. Exactly, exactly. We 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 we're got a, somebody a Pat from London, London, England, checking in, uh, saying, you know, keep keep on rocking. Hey, uh, hey, Pat over there in London, my my uh, my brother, my brother's over in in London right now. Hey, listen, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Brexit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is the wasp waking up, Doug. It is the wasps waking up. And if, if our brother there in London, if we could get him on the air, he would tell us London, England is losing its identity. They are losing their culture. The mayor of London, England, Siddiqui, is a Muslim. England, the motherland. And so what is Brexit about? Yeah, it's about a lot of different things, but I'm telling you what it is, is those wasps are seeing what's going on That's right. with this North with this European Union it's uh uh-uh, uh we're going to lose who we are and we're doing away with this and isn't it interesting coach that we are watching the globalists have just this this you know aneurysm this fit this oh you know and they are and I couldn't believe this um you know Samantha B have you ever heard of that mm-hmm. okay I happen to see a, a uh, commercial for her show, where she where she is uh, painting anyone in favor of Brexit as being uh, essentially being a kook. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and I figure, boy, you know, you get people like that involved in selling the lie, then you know they're desperate. So keep on doing that. So Donald way. Trump is Brexit. Yeah. Do you understand that? Yes. Do Do we see folks? Do we see that? Yes. Donald Trump is Brexit. He. This is this cultural pushback. Yep. Now I'm not going to sit here and defend Donald Trump and and his 
supposed Christian faith. I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend that. But he is Brexit. He is somebody standing up and saying, no, no, they're destroying this country. No more. No more. That's what he's saying, Doug. Yep. And, uh, yep. that always tells us that this is well, something that's happening in more places than just America. We are Brexit. I mean, really. We are. We are. <laughs> yep. But they're trying, they're doing everything with this TPP, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. TPP, TPIP, and the TPA for the TPP and the TP period. So let me give you a TP here, folks. If, uh, this diverse, diversity and inclusion and multiculturalism is such a good thing. Hey, Doug, how come those Syrian refugees, how come none of those are going to China? Or Japan? How come they're not mm. shipping those guys down to South Africa? How come they're not going down into the Philippines? And the reason they're not doing that is because the culture they must destroy is our culture. And if they flood us with enough multiculturalism, That's then right. our culture ceases to be. That's the battle. It ain't race, buddy. It's culture. culture. Christian culture. Western civilization. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it is. And there it is. See, folks, this is why you need to watch Coach Dave live. You need to, to, to listen to him and join him in his works and support him. Go to CoachDaveLive.com, CoachDaveLive.com. Folks, we need to support Coach Dave in all of his endeavors. Tomorrow, if you're near Buffalo, if you're in the United States tomorrow, join him in Buffalo, New York. Email him at Coach at CoachDaveLive.com. Find out where to meet up. Bring your, just bring yourself, man. And, Doug, uh, Doug, we have the we have the most amazing little Bible studies on on every morning. Yeah. And you know what we do? We open this thing up and we read a verse. I say, hey, "Okay, man, what's going on? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what does that mean there? What does that mean? I don't want to know what they taught you it meant. Right? Just read it and tell me what you think that means. And why is that in there? Well, that's a unique approach. It is a unique approach, because as, as I said to you during one of the breaks. I go to church. I get frustrated at church because I always want to stand up in the middle of the sermon and say, Time out! I can see you doing it. Wait a minute here! Wait a minute! I got a question, right? You're not allowed to do that in church, right? You won't be around very long if you do that. But I was always taught that you learn by asking questions. So somebody tell me this. When was the last time you were permitted to ask a question during a sermon in your church? You know, I, I can see you doing that, Coach. Um, I could see you asking a question or uh, objecting or, or whatever during a sermon. And uh, I can tell you this. Uh, I guess only attorneys are allowed to yell objection in the courtroom. Okay. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, that's yeah, why I'm just saying. Yeah, that's why I get the left foot of fellowship so much, I think, Doug. Exactly. I'm a, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a searcher of the truth, brother. I'm a seeker of the truth. I don't know it all, but i got to tell you, I'm looking for but, it. But see, seeking you shall find, right? I yeah. mean, we, we have to keep we have to keep uh, searching or else uh, hey, Doug, how part m- of it. If you think about this, folks, think about this. How many things today, how many things don't you believe today that you believed 10 years ago? How many things don't? How many things oh, okay. don't you believe yeah. today that you believed ten years ago? It's 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 an all see the scripture says that they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Right. 
right? When I first heard Steve Quayle talking about some of that stuff he talked about, that this this guy is nuts. No, I, I told him as much. Until yeah. I started to study it mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so now, some of the things I used to believe, I don't believe that anymore. I listened to Russ Dizdar. Mm-hmm. I said, you ca- what? MK Ultra? What are you? Oh, what are you talking about? Demon? Ah, oh, come on. Hey. Now I see things a little bit differently, right? That's right. He presented something that I, outside that box that I was trapped in, and a whole new world came open to me. And we have to begin, folks, to trust that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. That the Holy Spirit will confirm in our hearts with what what's right. being said is the truth or not. We have to trust yeah. the Holy Spirit to do that. And I think we rise to that. Wherever we are in our lives, individually, I think we rise to that at different times. Many more fortunate people arrive at that at different areas, levels of knowledge earlier in life, and, and they have advantages. But, but yeah, I, I, you are correct, sir. And, I mean, I, I, I look back and thinking, and I remember arguing with Steve Quayle and just driving him absolutely nuts, saying, hey, Steve, man, you, you're wrong. I mean, you're not only wrong, but you're you're nuts. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he was patient enough, and he said, "You'll find out." A wise man said, "In the time of universal deceit, telling the, telling truth, the truth becomes a revolutionary, revolutionary act. act." Yep, isn't it? Yep. Hey, hey, he's the great deceiver. Oh Is, yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. one of the names they give him? He's the great deceiver. Yeah. He's the great deceiver, and sadly. Boy, there's a lot of us that have been deceived. We've been taught yeah. things that just absolutely aren't true. And I, I'm, I'm free in my life because I'm not afraid to know the truth, because it's the truth that sets you free when you when you come to that realization. That's right. Not what you think is the truth, the actual truth. Uh, right. Uh, perception is not necessarily reality. So, mm. folks, remember that. Amen on that one. Um, well, here's a message from Deborah S. Writes this. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Doug, for Coach being on the show tonight. He showed me so clearly that there are so many of us who, and in parentheses from Ezekiel 9, um, chapter 9, verse 4, sigh in that cry for all uh, the abominations done in the midst thereof. Amen. Amen. And then she writes, sometimes I feel alone in my disgust for the things that disgust God. Thank you for lifting up uh, the smile on, on my face again. Please tell him. Well, Amen. Thank you so much. May God richly bless you. Both. Let me tell you something. You're not alone. You're not alone. Believe me. Hmm. There's so many of them out there. That's one of the amazing things that's happened with us, happening with us on our little morning show. I got guys... Uh, I wish I could have them on to testify because it sounds like I'm <clears throat> trying to, you know, make me sound important. When truth gets into a guy, it changes his heart. Oh yeah, Doug, I've got yeah. I've got a guy who's driving tomorrow from Atlanta, Georgia, to be with me at Buffalo. He's leaving tonight, driving all night, going to be with me tomorrow, and brought his wife with him so he can drive right straight back home. I got a guy who's coming from Augusta, Maine doing the exact same thing because why? Because the Lord has impressed upon his heart that he needs to be there. 
He needs to be there, and he's being obedient to the Lord. So I'm just trying to help people to understand that this thing is so much deeper than we understand it to be. And the deeper you dive in, man, oh, man, the more you find the grace of God and the power of God. Amen, brother. And I can't wait to hit the streets tomorrow because Jesus always shows up. And, and, and folks, this is not a sales pitch. This is why we need to support Coach Dave. Go to <laughs> CoachDaveLive.com. You know, um, I call him America's coach because he is. He is. He's building a team. It, it's in the works. Um, he, he's a man's man, as you can see. Um, Hey Doug, show them that team jersey again right there. If they make a if they make a donation, if anybody makes yeah, a donation, we like, we'll send you a team jersey, and you can wear it around. You wear it into the shopping uh, shopping center. You can go and get your groceries, and you wear that. I promise you, it'll it'll turn heads. All right, here's the front of it, folks. Oops. Truth sounds like hate. I'll be wearing that one tomorrow in Buffalo. All right, here's here's the back of it. Jesus is the judge. Therefore, abortions, murder, homosexuality is sin. Islam is a lie. Evolution is a delusion. Feminism is rebellion. Liberalism is a false religion. And conservatism is pretend salt. So if anybody makes a donation tonight, we'll send them a shirt, Doug. And then they can go make friends at their local school and go to the family reunions and wear that thing. And uh, uh, that's just proclaiming the truth. And, and, you, and you know what? More, Look, we need the truth disseminated. We need it done effectively. We need... We need men of character and integrity like Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer um, to, to be our leaders in, in terms of the uh, activities that were in which we are involved here of the world. And, and I and I thank God for Coach Dave and people like him because um, without Coach Dave, um, well, I'll tell you, we, we'd be in much sorrier shape than we are right now. And I want to thank you for your gift of time. Well, Doug, we want to make sure that we let everybody know that we're both going to be in uh, uh, Knoxville, right? Uh, we've got a schedule issue. Um, you're not going to be. No, however. I'm going uh, to be there. You're going to be there. Um, Josh Hawley's going to be there. Uh, what a great well, lineup. We can look them in the eye and communicate great and lineup. encourage yeah. one another. Absolutely. Come, come and join it, man. Come and join it if you can. It'll, it, it'll, it'll yeah, be a know, great event. Exactly. And, folks, that's Knoxville. Here are the Watchmen, September 30th, October 1st. And second, right? I'm yeah, not, I got yeah, those dates yeah. Right. John B. Wells is going to be there. You remember Dallas or us talking about it? Uh, look, folks. real people, man. It's Absolutely, people. and and rub elbows with Coach Dave and, and other people, luminaries. I've like got good that. friends that I met at, at Dallas. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I'm in yeah. communication with. So, yeah, yep, absolutely. Oh man, it's it's fabulous. It's been great being on with you, Doug. I'm sorry, Coach, Joe couldn't be here. Yeah, it's. And, but I'm the, sorry if I've been a little hot tonight. It's just kind of the, the way I am. It's the way the Lord made me. You know? Wouldn't want it any other way, folks. Coach Dave Dobmeyer from CoachDaveLive.com. Visit his website, bookmark his site, and certainly support his efforts. Until next week, I'm Doug Hagman. Hagman and Hagman Report. God bless you. Stay safe. Good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.